Blog Talk Radio.
now for the Miami Hurricanes to ignite the fire. It's the time to get into their stride with eyes open wide to win the day and hold on. No beast of a day like what the Hurricanes face Saturday at home against a feisty Virginia team can lead them astray right now. Neither can a season-ending trip to the cold of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania this Friday, where the Panthers, who took Virginia Tech down to the final play last week in Blacksburg, await for one final shot at salvaging what's been a horrendous season by knocking off the now universally ranked, second-ranked, Miami Hurricanes. An undefeated regular season is hanging in the balance. The moment is now or never. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we once again welcome you to Canesport Live and hope that you enjoyed those appropriate lyrics as the Hurricanes navigate the final week of the regular season. As always, this is your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3633. That's 563-999-3633. We have over 100 open phone lines. As usual, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. You know the drill. If you want to come on the show, you hit the number one on your keypad. That puts you in the queue. We bring you on the show in the order that you land in the queue. As always, we ask subscribers at canesport.com to post the topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show, and we'll address those uh, throughout the course of the show as we move forward. But before we get to your calls, I did want to discuss a couple timely topics tonight. Um, first of all, the College Football Playoff Selection Committee just released its new rankings and moved the Hurricanes to number two ahead of Clemson after making Clemson number two last week. Of course, this doesn't really matter that much because the two teams are going to play in Charlotte a week from Saturday and, and settle the ACC championship. But where it becomes significant for the Hurricanes is if they were to lose a close game to Clemson, there's a chance that Miami could stick in the top four in the final rankings and get into the college football playoff. So a lot to play for. Uh, style points definitely matter here in these next couple weeks. And it begins Friday at Pittsburgh. And uh, Kirby Hocutt, who you know is the former Miami athletic director who now chairs the playoff rankings committee said that Miami's performance the past three weeks was the reason that the committee made the change and, and, and put the U at number two. Uh, they, as you know, they beat Virginia tech and Notre Dame in convincing fashion. And then they scored the last 30 points against Virginia on Saturday. in what was a tougher than expected game, but anybody from the outside looking in is going to look at that 30 points in the second half, the last 30 points were scored by the Hurricanes, and that, that was a sign of class, okay? I mean, let's be honest. The, the game didn't go the way anybody over at the Heck Center would have drawn it up, certainly not the way Mark Richt or Manny Diaz or any of them drew up this game. Never imagined Virginia would come out the way they did, would throw for 368 yards, would um, really make the Miami secondary look a little silly on a few plays would thwart the offense at times with some interesting schemes that were messing up Miami's blocking at the line of scrimmage and were keeping the hurricanes from running the ball. But 
they got their act together. They made some adjustments, and in the second half, they just steamrolled Virginia, and that was a sign of class. Okay, that's the way you want your team looking as you go down the stretch in November. And um, the committee felt that Miami has the look of a championship team, as amazing as all of this is to all of us. And so first things first, got to go up to Pittsburgh and play a solid game Friday to take momentum and respect into the ACC championship game. Keep the rankings where they are, very important. And then go out and just lay it all on the line. It's a Clemson team that's going to obviously be very difficult to defeat. Uh, it's going to be in, in North Carolina. It's it's not a home game for Clemson, but very, very close to South Carolina, obviously. And uh, they figure to have more fans in the stadium than Miami has. And um, the weather's going to be a little cool, more than likely. And um, it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be a tough a tough deal for the Hurricanes up there. Clemson's got a very good defense. Uh, their front seven might be the best in college football. Miami figures to have a tough time running it against Clemson. Probably going to need Malik Rozier to step up and play um, just a phenomenal game and execute what is going to have to be a really good Mark Rick game plan. Maybe the best game plan. I'll say maybe the best game plan of his career because you know what? This is as big as anything that Mark Rick has experienced as a head coach and that he's getting to do it in year two at Miami is, is just amazing. And obviously you can't be anything but happy for him. Um, so, you know, the committee right now is locked in on what looks like five teams and only four are going to make the playoffs. And there's a couple more that could work their way in depending on how games go. You have number one, Alabama, you have number two, the Canes, number three, Clemson, number four, Oklahoma, and number five, Wisconsin. Now, number six, Auburn has two losses, but they can at least get into the argument if they're able to beat Alabama in the Iron Bowl this Saturday. So that's a game to watch this weekend without a doubt. Uh, number seven, Georgia, would have to defeat Auburn or Alabama in the SEC championship game to enter the debate to get into the playoff. And then number nine, Ohio State, is also harboring hopes that it can get back into the discussion by beating Michigan here in the final um, in their final game and then upsetting Wisconsin. And that's what they're hoping will be their ticket into the discussion. They're presently sitting at number nine. Okay, so really you had eight teams left in the conversation for four spots. Miami at number two is in a great spot. They just have to seize the moment. And uh, and just play classy looking football. And even if things go bad, like they did against Virginia, the way they finished that game, like I said, that was classy looking football. And people took notice around the country, and the committee took notice, and that's why you saw the Canes rise to number two. All right, we'll talk about that, I'm sure, at different stages of the show as we move forward. The other thing I wanted to address real quick is the changing landscape of college football in the state of Florida. Now, the Gators are in the middle of a coaching search, as you know, and I'm going to tell you something else as we sit here tonight. I think there's a very strong chance that Jimbo Fisher is going to resign as the head coach at Florida State in the coming days to go to Texas A&M. Texas A&M has put an $8 million salary on the table for Jimbo. He makes about 5.6 right now at Florida State. But this is about more than just money because I'm sure Florida State would up the ante if they needed to. I don't know if they would go all the way to eight, but, but they would up the ante if they needed to. But this is more than, than just about money. 
things are a mess right now in Tallahassee. Uh, the roster lacks leadership. The locker room is toxic. You've got, for example, DeAndre Francois, who was the starting quarterback to begin the season, didn't even go to last week's game and was out somewhere in town sending out tweets and stuff. That's how engaged he is in what his teammates are doing. He's supposed to be a leader of, in that program. The coaches are fighting with each other, and it's looking like they're going to have to make – if Jimbo were to stay, they would have to make massive changes in the program, not unlike what we saw at Miami when things fell apart with Larry Coker. And they tried to put a Band-Aid on it by firing four coaches. Remember that? and brought four new coaches in, and nothing changed, and everybody got fired the next year. That's often how those things go, and that's what Jimbo Fisher is looking at right now. He has got to remake his coaching staff, and that means replacing almost everybody. It's going to look like he's scapegoating them. Okay, that's number one. The public appearance in his industry is terrible, okay? So he's sitting there weighing doing that, or he can make a clean break. He can go to Texas A&M. He can make $2.4 million more money, and he could do the exact same thing, put a new coaching staff together with a clean slate. He's not scapegoating all those assistants that have worked for him for several years and you know, sending their careers off kind of like, I guess, in disgrace, if we're honest about it. And to me, this is not even a decision. And I'm hearing that Jimbo is very close to pulling the trigger on this, and at Texas A&M, they think they're getting them, and it's gonna be, it could get real interesting. The whole landscape of recruiting in the state of Florida, not just for 2017 or 2018, rather, but for 2019, 2020, even beyond, could be affected by these dominoes could be falling here in the coming days. And uh, it's going to be real interesting, but as Miami Hurricane fans, you've got to love the position that your program is in right now. And the amazing thing is it's, you're just two years removed from sitting here in a state of absolute disgust, dismay, panic. You can throw any adjective you want into it. In two years, everything has changed. The Canes are back relevant in college football with a chance to compete for the national championship. What more could you ask for as we begin a new edition of Kane Sport Live tonight? So the numbers, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. I apologize if I'm, I've got chills running through your body just discussing that, but it is absolutely amazing. It really is. Um, hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And we're going to begin tonight where we begin often. And um, I think Greg has taken it as a personal challenge to get back into the number one spot in the queue because he's there. Call, called in a, a full 30-plus minutes ago to get there. So he's back in his deserving spot. So here we go. We'll start off tonight with Greg. Welcome back to Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight, Greg? All right, Gary. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Yeah, same to you and same to everybody out there. All right. Let's start. I heard you were upset at me because I wouldn't give the name of that uh, kid that's going to be coming in. Well, number one, I'll, 
wait, let's let's address that right real quick. Cause I'll I'll be totally honest with you. Number one, I'm not a hundred. I don't I I don't I'm not sure it's accurate, Greg. That's the first thing. But the the second thing is, if you're gonna throw something like that out, you gotta t- you know you gotta tell like spill the beans, man. It's like I, I can't. I hate this on the message boards too. When people come on and say, "Hey, I know something, but I'm not gonna tell you," or "I can't tell you." Or, you know, like, that's not right. I mean, don't, you know, don't troll people like that. If you got something to say, say it. Otherwise, don't say it. Go ahead. Okay. All right. All right. Let's start. So, what, with so what do you got? Game. Let's go. So what do you got? No, I, can't, I, I really can't say it. <laughs> I really can't. All right. So you're going to be, it's, it's a pretty big name. I, that's all I'm going to say. All right. Let's, all get, right. let's get to it. Let's get I hope, you, I hope you're not going to say it's John Easton because I don't think that's happening. No, no, no. All right. Not. All right. This game, I mean, they look great in the last almost uh, quarter and a half. If they, if uh, Virginia recovers that onside kick, we're in a lot of trouble in that game. Do you agree? Uh, no more trouble than that. Yeah, I mean, maybe a little more trouble than what they were already in, but uh, they still would have had to go score. But I, I kind of like the, you know, I, I like the move by Virginia. They had all the momentum. They had the number two team in the country, you know, on the ropes and wanted to keep them there. And it was, maybe it was a little early to go for the jugular, but you know what? When you have, when you're Virginia and you've got that mo at that moment you got to hold on to it as long as you can. And I think the way the game ended up playing out, you see why. I mean, Miami put 30, 30 points on them in the second right. half, 30, 30 consecutive points. So, uh, gutsy that, call. That, well, that quarterback looked like Aaron Rodgers. He was yeah, unconscious. The, the, really, I mean, I, I blame the Miami secondary for most of it, but there was that one throw for the, for the touchdown that he laid in there um, over the, the receiver's shoulder that w- that I thought was just absolutely amazing. Like that was a that was just that was an Aaron Rodgers throw. All right, now you just discussed if Miami loses a close game to Clemson, provided they beat Pitt. If Alabama wins out, Wisconsin loses, Miami should still get in. No doubt. As long as you don't get blown out, if you right. lose to Clemson in a competitive game, the committee is going to is going to look at that favorably. If 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 it's not a competitive game, that compromises the whole resume. Right, I agree. Okay, now I want to talk about Jaquan Johnson. The guy's having a phenomenal year. But by no means should he be entertaining the NFL draft this year. Off one great year. Totally he agree. Needs to stay for another year. Totally agree with I you. Mean, he'll be at the he'll be talks about for the uh, Thorpe Award next year if he sticks around. No doubt, and he's in a little bit of a tough spot because he, you know he's undersized for the position he plays. Yeah. You know he's getting away with it at Miami and in the ACC and all that. I'm not so sure that the NFL is going to buy into a safety of that size. So the question is, can he be a nickel type of DB? And he probably doesn't have the the corner skills to do that. So he's kind of like in a tough – and he's 
playing at an all-American level. Here. I mean, he's playing phenomenal, but I just don't know. Do some research. There's so many guys we got to do some research on here in the coming weeks. Um, we got to look at uh, Norton and McIntosh and see what's going on there. We we got to continue to look at Mark Walton. I've already done some work on that, and um, you know, I, I I think Walton right now would be looking at fourth or fifth round in the draft, and that's the decision he's going to have to make. Uh, does he come back and try to make it second or third? I think he should. Um, I agree the position's very crowded, but he'll get enough carries and enough opportunities. I mean, if he, if he comes back healthy next year and, he, and competes with Travis Homer and Lorenzo Lingard to be the starter, I think he's got, if he's healthy, he's got a very good chance to emerge as a starter and probably would. And he'll get plenty of carries and he'll get plenty of chances to showcase himself next year and try to increase his stock. I don't think it would be wise to just settle for a fourth or fifth round, but you know, we've seen, we've seen it happen before. So I, I have no idea what Mark's thinking right now, but I I think that's where he projects. I think McIntosh is is zooming up the boards right now. He is. The question is how far, you know, is is he going to be looked at as better than the guys at Clemson? I don't think so. You know, and there's, and there's others around the country. So he's zooming up. The question that he's going to have to determine is can he zoom up even more by next year, and how many millions of dollars more would that mean then? Right. All right, now, what's the latest with this Jaron Williams? Do you think we're going to get him? I do, Um, and I think it's going to happen pretty soon. Okay, if we get him, how does that affect Nicosi, Perry, and Casey Weldon? doesn't. You've got to have four or five quarterbacks in the program. Rozier's got one more year. You'll have, you'll have sheriffs there, uh, but you know you got to have four or five quarterbacks in the program, and, and and I just think there'd be a competition. All right, all right. And he's, and he's and he's prepared for the competition, Jaron. We've discussed that with him. You've seen the stories. He's not shying away from competition. Right. The last thing I want to talk about this guy Goldwire. I don't want guys like him who want to be handed a position. He only wants to come if these other two are going to leave. Yeah, I wasn't he a huge fan that. of that either. I, I was not a huge fan of that either. I, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, he's a junior college kid. He's got multiple options. He could go to Louisville and probably start next year. And he likes Miami, but he – knows that if Norton and McIntosh both come back, that he's going to be a backup next year. And, you know, that's a tough, that's a, that's, that's a tough decision for him. Do I, do I go to Louisville and be a starter? Do I go to Miami and be a backup? Now, if one of those guys leaves, then he knows he has a fair shot to be a starter. He's got to compete with Bethel um, and um, Gerald Willis. And we'll see if, if, if Norton or McIntosh come back that he would have to compete to be a starter. Uh, and I think he'd be okay with that, but I think he 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 feels like that he would have a really good opportunity if he's in the top three. You know, he he doesn't want to come and be the fourth guy, and you you can understand that too. I mean, this is a business. These guys are looking for their future. They want to put film on. You know, they want to put their game on tape, and he'll be a junior, 
I think he'll be a junior. I, I'd have to double check that. Um, I think he only. No, he didn't years. play this year. He so he has three years. years. So that's right. He play. sat out this year. So he has three. So I mean, he still has time too. I don't, you know. So that makes your your argument even even stronger, actually. So you know, I don't know. I mean, I I agree with you. I like guys that want to come compete no matter what. But I see the way he's thinking also. And I'm telling you, do not count out this Silvera. This, this kid is unbelievable. I watched him play last week. He I is agree. a star. Very right, good one last, one last point about my friend Josh Joe. Well, what is with this guy? I mean, Miami's 10-0. Michigan sucks. And now he's, he's thinking about going to Michigan. Is he just like playing think- games? I think he's going to have fun at Michigan. I, I think his real decision is Miami or Alabama. And, you know, it's just going to depend on what he and his family oh, decide to do. If they, don't pay, if they give him an envelope or not, is that what it's <laughs> going to be? Well, I mean, you know. Whatever. I, I just hope, you know, I, I think he's coming to a good program that's on the rise. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would like to think that he's not jerking around the Miami coaches for all these months. I mean, that would no. really that would really be shitty. However, I still can't get out of my mind the conversation I had with him on signing day in February. No. And in that conversation, you know, he pretty much suggested that he wasn't going to end up at Miami. So I don't know. We'll see. Well, he didn't know we were going to be 10-0 and 0 at that point. Well, and he also hadn't committed to Miami at that point. So we'll see. Right. I don't – right, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised by anything there, though, Greg. All right. I'll see you at the, uh, in Charlotte next week. You got to Thank you for being so, part of the show. All right. Take care. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 615. You're on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's going on, man? Doing great. Who's this? Um, consider me the Donald J. Trump Secretary of Kane Sport. <laughs> All right. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. So i got a few uh, questions. First off... Um, talking to your so phone. I, I get the, can you hear me? Yeah, just speak into the All speaker. Right. All right. So, <laughs> all right, man. Thanks for the advice. <laughs> um, if uh, I get the whole thing, if Alabama wins out and Wisconsin loses, you know, we're in at that point, no matter what. But my question is. What happens if Alabama loses to Auburn? Are they going to put a one-loss Alabama in over a Miami team who actually went to their conference championship? That's going to be a that's 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 why they have the committee to make those decisions. It, it, that's going to be a tough decision. I think a lot would depend on what Miami does in the championship game against Clemson. Yeah. All right. Another question. So, who? What's your predictions on who's going to be coaching Florida and Florida State next year? I don't have any. I, I don't think Chip Kelly is going to go to Florida. I think he. I think he's a much better fit at UCLA, and I think that's where he'll end up going. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I honestly do have no idea who they're going to get. You know, Mullen. I think could get the Florida job. I wouldn't be shocked if Charlie Strong got the Florida job. Um, the Frost guy at Central Florida could get the job if they decide to go with a with a guy that. 
that you know and take a gamble on a young up and coming guy. But I, you know, to me, so he has, he doesn't he doesn't have a deep enough resume yet to me. But who do you think? I, mean, I don't know. Go? Well, I, I, I that that's an even tougher one. I I think they're a mess up there. I would not rule out Jeremy Pruitt, who's the defensive coordinator at Alabama, who was once at FSU. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think I think he would have a shot. I, I wouldn't rule out someone like a Greg Schiano for that job. Um, hmm. I wouldn't rule out Kevin Sumlin, even though he's getting fired at Texas A&M. I think he'll have a chance to get rehired relatively quickly. Hey, I'd take any of those three over Jimbo. I think Jimbo's a better coach than all of them. Yeah. Um, well, you know. <clears throat> so another thing, the whole Kendrick Norton and McIntosh thing, I, I don't, I just don't understand why everybody assumes they're leaving. You know, I've said this on the board before. I look at mock drafts throughout the year, and this is the time of year where when guys who are going to be that first-round, second-round pick, they start popping up in those mock-round drafts. It happened with Njoku, Artie Burns, among others. So I haven't seen a mock draft in the top four rounds with either one of those guys in it. And I think if yeah. Miami is going to – I think if Miami is going to remain elite – they got to quit losing guys to the mid mid rounds, man. Especially in the trenches, it's it's important to come back for your senior year at those positions because you're a year older, you're stronger, you mature into a man before you go to the NFL. So, totally agree. Yeah, I, just, I think I think it would be foolish for for them to leave um, and go be a mid round draft pick because they're not going to be a first round draft pick. If they're no not way. a first round or high second, it, to, I agree, yeah. it would be totally foolish. There, there's not. There's too many DTs in every single mock draft who are ahead of them. So, like I say, I haven't seen any of them in the top four. So, all right, man. Well, that's all I got. Um, I'll let some more people get on here. You got it, man. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. Let's go to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Great show as always, my friend. Thank you. Who's this? Yeah, everything 305 checking in once again. And, What's up, man? You're uh, in early exciting, this week. In early, yeah. i got to get to work here, but I uh, wanted to make sure I got a chance to check in with you guys. And I, I just wanted to uh, to thank you guys and all the Canesport uh, <clears throat> members. The uh, board's fantastic. It's a great uh, it's a great resource, and it's a great opportunity for all of us diehards to get involved and support our kids. And thanks for what all you, everything that you guys do. Well, thank you for being part of it. Uh, it's, it's truly a pleasure. And I also want to wish everyone out there a, a safe and happy Thanksgiving. Uh, it's a great time of year. And uh, with that, I'd like to point out a couple of things that uh, just very grateful to see that, that what the kids are doing, not just on the field, but especially what they're doing in the community. If you look at Mr. Jackson, uh, DJ, what he's done with his turkey drive, he's got a not-for-profit organization he's established. He's got teammates. He's got high school teammates involved kids that go to other universities and colleges that are going to be here to help out. I mean, the, the kid is just a phenomenal job. Um, and all the different activities that uh, CMR has involved himself, the staff, the kids, it's just, it's phenomenal the impact these kids are having in the community. And, and it, it goes, uh, it goes without some attention, I think, and it's, it, it's deserved. And nationally, I've seen a, a few things on Twitter and other social mediums pointing out that, you know they're not thugs anymore. You know that, that those days are long gone. These kids are 
are, are true South Floridian kids. That's, that's our core, and they represent our, our, our school well, but our community, they do a fantastic job. And, and they, need to be, uh, they need to be really uh, acknowledged for their efforts in the community, Gary. Yeah, I think they are, and and you're absolutely right. They do put a lot of effort into that, and they do a great job when they're out in the community with the kids. We get to go out and watch them. Uh, we go to almost every one of them, and uh, very impressed by the way they handle themselves and how they are with the kids. And, and, and it's it's so exciting to see these youngsters that are playing in the Optimists, that are playing in the, in the 85s and the, in the 75s, the 105s, and they're and they got a turnover chain. Uh, all these optimist programs throughout South Florida, it's just, it's, it's contagious. It's become very contagious in the representation. It's just, it's phenomenal being in the situation we're in. But with that, I wanted to point out a couple of things that, um, you know, I've always tried to stress when we do have the chance to share our opinions on this forum. One thing I wanted to point out is, you know, I, I, I use that old coaching mentality. I, I, I can't control, I can't worry about what the things I can't control, whether a one, two, three, or four, the only thing on my mind right now, Gary, is, is Pitt, you know, beating Pitt. Uh, quality coach, another quality coach in this Coastal Conference, does a phenomenal job, Narduzzi does. He's got great young assistants. They might not have all the five and four stars, but those guys are coached up and they play hard. So I, I think we're going to have a great test. Um, and, a, and to go back to this past weekend, um, we got to give Virginia a heck of a lot of credit. What a scheme that Bronco came up with and his staff came up with an attack in our defense. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the rolling out, rolling the quarterback out of the pocket and uh, the double moves by not just your your primary speedsters, but your big wide receivers and tight ends. A lot of double moves and uh, they caught, you know, we got caught looking in the cookie jar a couple of times. and It, it was just a great game plan. You, you got you to gotta go ahead and give them credit uh, for what they came yes. up with. And, and that, off, that, off, that offside, the onside kick, Gary, that was awesome. That's what coaching's all about, playing that aggressive mentality. So even though they don't have the roster we have, brother, but the coaching is there. And I think that's what really uh, gives more credibility to our conference and our, and our specifically our division more than anybody else that's out there in the top, in the top five. I mean, we're, we're not getting the credit uh, that, 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 that we deserve as a conference. Well, you are. I mean, you've got two teams in the top three right now. I mean, that, that, isn't that credit? Yeah, I guess the pundits that are out there, the national pundits, always attack this conference day in and day out, and everything you know, everything that, revolves not around. Last I think, well, year, I think we're slowly, we're it, the tide is turning. Uh, no pun intended. It, well, it is turning. I mean, last year after Clemson beat Alabama for the national title, there were a lot of people that talked about the ACC and how it might have evolved now into the nation's best conference and nothing really has changed that this year. I mean, I guess Florida state having a bad year didn't help anything, but uh, you know, people have a lot of respect for the ACC and, and I think you're spot on in crediting it to the level of coaching in the conference and, and Bronco Mendenhall from Virginia is one of many. Uh, uh, even the, I mean, you're seeing even wake forest play. Absolutely decent football. Boston College plays decent football. It's it's a very, very good conference. The level of coaching has improved in this conference, specifically our division. But one thing that continues to irritate me, and it goes back to the very beginning when we announced that we were leading the Big East and joining the ACC, a traditionally southern environment, Bible Belt mentality, 
and the members of the, of the, all the official the officiating crews that we have. It predomin- it's predominantly that mindset. Even though we've got a couple local guys like Eddie Bonet and other people in this area that are now involved, but I got to tell you the the lack of consistency, in particular, to go through all these games and not see one holding call on our opponents is ridiculous. And we've got screenshots, and your screenshots can be deceiving, but, Gary, you can't go all the way back from Florida State till now, and there's not one holding call. And well, we still here's my question. The, here's my yes. question, because this is something I've noticed. You're not seeing them called on Miami either. That's a very good point. That's a yeah, very well, good I can't remember. Point, I, when was I can't remember the last holding call on a hurricane offensive lineman. I bet that, you can count them. In, I bet you can go through, I, the, through the whole season and you can count them on one hand. I can't remember yeah. one. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. So um, I think that <laughs> without them saying it, what what looks to me has happened is that they've made a concerted effort to try to speed up the games a little bit to not let the games get bogged down in penalty after penalty after penalty. They'll call a holding if it's blatant and affects the play, but there's holding, as you know, because you know, I can tell you know a lot about football and you're a knowledgeable guy, there's holding on almost every play. No question so, there is. And if you go if back to two years ago, we had Florida State in here, and they called that holding call, and Mark Walton's touchdown is brought back. That was the epitome of exactly. the lack of respect that, and the lack of just good judgment that that predominates most of these officiating crews in the ACC. And, and I'm going to go back to one more call that really frustrated me. And, and, and unlike the NFL, I think we're a little bit clear in the NC2A. There is no way in hell that kid scored that touchdown. You've got to have control from beginning to the end of that reception, and he did not have that. And for that call to be made, it boggles my mind. And, and I still think it's just like, let's be honest, when when Jaquan's knee went down up up in up at Duke, you know, it is what it is. You see it, you see it. Uh, but again, things like even out, and for some reason we were we were able to get the benefit of the doubt, and uh, we were able to prevail uh, on that day, and then and this past weekend we were able to go ahead and put that aside and and keep balling. Maybe that adversity is what we need to, for these kids to really perform at a higher level. I mean, not sure. But um, I wanted to also point out, Gary, and we talk about our coaching staff, you know, how about all the different wide receivers that have been involved? I mean, you're looking at Dale Harris. You're looking at Langham. You've looked at, when Mullins was here, even though, you know, he left on whatever issues he was having, there was – you've got about eight guys contributing uh, on the tight end spot, Michael Irvin Jr. coming in and, and doing his thing. Now he's getting more involved. I'm, I'm just really impressed that, you know, not only can Dugans get these guys ready and Harley can get them ready, but they're contributing. And it's like, you know, that's next man up mentality all throughout uh, this offense. It started when, when, when Mark went out and Homer had to take over. I just re- I'm really impressed with the, the tenacity and the level of, of competitiveness and that these kids have. And I, it's I think not, that's what separates us. Yeah, well, it, it is what's separating them, and it is the hallmark of the team, but it's not just the receivers. It's at almost every position on the football team. I mean, uh, obviously they don't have a rotation on the offensive line, but uh, you mentioned they're getting something out of Michael Irvin, the tight end. You mentioned the receivers, all the different guys that are playing there. You mentioned how Homer came in 
when Walton got hurt, which could have been a disastrous development for this team. And Homer came in and took his game to another level and has been sensational the whole year. How about DJ Dallas, a, a kid that came out of nowhere, a, a freshman point. who who a few weeks ago you're sitting there looking at him and say, saying, why didn't they redshirt this kid? You know, what, what, what's the deal? What's, what's going on with DJ Dallas and why did they choose to blow a year of his eligibility uh, to just basically do a little bit on special teams? And, and um, you know, then boom, just like that, a, a switch gets flipped. And now all of a sudden DJ Dallas is a high quality uh back up on the team scoring touchdowns in the games and Chuck Gray, who was supposed to have been that guy is, is just totally out of the picture. And um, you know, that, that's another example. How about all the rotation that goes on on the defensive line? You've got elite performers. You feel in Joe Jackson, um, RJ McIntosh and uh, Norton and uh, to, an, to a degree, Chad Thomas, you, you know, you're initially thinking, God, why do those guys ever leave the field? But then you see Trent Harris come in and get sacks. He's got eight sacks this year, Trent <laughs> Harris. Um, and, and what a know, great teammate is Trent Harris. He points out, hey, guys, about three of those sacks, they're covered sacks, thanks to my DBs. <laughs> Talk well, about yeah, I mean, having the you right see Jonathan mentality. Garvin come in in back-to-back weeks and, 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 and get strip sacks. Um, you know, you can go on and on. Pat Bethel has been a quality backup this year on the defensive line. John Ford is getting out there. A little bit. Um, Moten has played his best football as the Miami Hurricane. You got nine, no ten guys on the defensive line contributing. How about a linebacker? Where the, you know you, you would think, my God, the top three are so great. How can you ever take them off the field? Um, Perry, when he was going out there, was doing some good things. Owens had yep. a couple tough moments against Virginia, but he's played some good football this year. You're seeing um, freshman Wilder get getting, getting get, very starting snaps, to get yeah. Starting to get some snaps and, and get into it a little bit. Um, how about in the secondary? You know, a place that was supposed to be a total weak spot, and you see guys like Trajan Bandy, a freshman, coming in and playing like he's a senior. Um, you know, you could just go on and on and on. I mean, you know, Mari Carter has been been playing very well the last few weeks after struggling the first time. They they put him out there early in the year. He wasn't really ready. Um, now he, he goes out there and plays good football. They've been able to put uh, Derek Smith out there as a true freshman, covering guys man to man. I mean, it, it, all of it. It's 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 the most one of the most amazing transformations that we could ever see. And they're they're getting all the rewards for it because they're in the, the they're in the national championship picture here. But I mean, I don't know that most of the people around the country, because they don't follow it like all, all of us do, have can begin to appreciate what has happened here. I mean, it is absolutely amazing. I mean, it really, really is. It, it, I I think it comes it comes down to one major uh, one major key. And that's when the administration of this school made a decision to be truly committed to bringing the best coaching staff they could get here and paying them. Because I, I, and I'm, I'm not an advocate of Al Golden and, and, and what he was able to do or not do here, but I am an advocate of fairness. And I think one thing that it was with him and even Randy, we never and, – and Randy, I know, was paranoid and still is paranoid, and that's why he wouldn't bring – people at his level in, even if he could afford it, because he's always been a paranoid guy and, and doesn't trust anybody, to be honest with you. But 
I think if we would have made that commitment very long time ago, Donna would have stepped up and said, hey, this is no longer a program where you just you, you have to bring in a keeper for a while, and then they go to the NFL, and then the next guy comes in. She never truly understood that, and, and the, the lack of respect she had for the significance of this program, in particular the football program, actually, is what really bothered me more than anything back in those days. And to see where it is now under the direction of Frank and, and our athletic director and, and the job that CMR is doing, it's just fantastic. And, again, we're just we're, we're a lot. there's a lot for us to be thankful for, Gary. And, and before I go, if I could touch upon a couple of the, the coaching carousel guys that I have slated. I have slated some of them going to Tennessee, by the way. Uh, a good friend of mine, he's up there, and he's mentioned that there's no way in hell uh, Kiffin will be brought back or is even in the conversation of being brought back. And any any reports of that is just totally, I mean, it's just totally garbage. But Kevin Sumlin is a name uh, that's high on their list. And I am told that if he does come on board, he'll probably, he's probably going to keep Larry Scott on board, which would be a huge plus for Larry. Uh, I really think Jimbo, and we mentioned this about a month ago, that, that Jimbo would be one of the main guys going to A&M and He's going to move on. He's lost total control, like you mentioned earlier. The kids, I think, still want to be there. The kids that are committed there, a lot of those kids still want to be there. But there is a lot of division on that team, and especially with their quarterback. Uh, I see Jeremy Pruitt, also another guy that might be able to come in at FSU. But one person I don't think is going to get a, a high-caliber coaching job, Gary, and, and you can debate this with me, but I don't think you'll never see Butch Stiano ever get a high, a high, a big time job Greg, ever Greg, again. Greg Shiano. I mean, I'm sorry, Greg, Greg Shiano. I'm sorry, but I don't think you're ever going to see that guy get a whiff at another big program again. Um, if anything, maybe one day he'll go back to Rutgers, but um, this guy is, I mean, uh, they're calling for his head in Columbus right now. They're not happy with him up there. So and I know he's had injuries and kids graduate and all that good stuff, but uh, I, I, those are some of the names I'm looking at. And, and I told you this a long time ago, don't be surprised if Scott Frost goes to Nebraska. UCF will be coming hard at Manny, and I'm letting you know that's that is a reality. That's something to keep your eyes on, and don't be surprised if A&M goes after Dugan's really hard if Jimbo gets that job over there. Might have a chance to finally get rid of Dossie and go with somebody else. Just, He's some, got no just throwing that out there. Why would, why would Dugan leave Miami and go to Texas A&M? I mean, I just don't. Couple million bucks. <laughs> I mean, why? Well, you can't pay a receivers coach a million dollars. I mean, I guess you can, uh, but hey, hey. <laughs> but things work I, a little different out I there mean, in look, Texas. My feeling is this: these coaches have a great thing going right now. Okay, they're you know they're on top of the world. They're bringing Miami back. Recruits are going to want to come here. Uh, they get along phenomenally. The chemistry on the staff is as good as any I've ever seen in yes, you know, several decades of covering this program in college football. Uh, obviously, if Manny Diaz were to get offered a head coaching job like Central Florida, he'd probably take it. But I don't understand why everybody thinks that all of a sudden a guy that, you know, because because he's had a couple good years here, is, 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 that the whole landscape has changed. And now suddenly – all these search committees and, and search firms and athletic directors are suddenly thinking of giving Manny Diaz a head coaching job. I'm going to tell Manny you what happened with Manny. the lottery here, okay? He's coaching better no here than he has anywhere in his career. No I personally hope he stays right where he is. He's making a lot of money. He's in South Florida. With his, his wife and kids 
are with their family, their whole families together here. That's um, right. His his dad is is part of the fiber of of the Miami community. He's the mayor for so many years. Many Diaz, I don't think it's a coincidence that he has found you know utopia or whatever you word you want to use here at the University of Miami in South Florida. He understands the deal. He understands the type of kids that are here. This is the perfect situation for Manny Diaz. So I, I don't know. I, I'm not as convinced that, A, someone's going to be looking to come grab him for a head coaching job real quickly here. And I'm also not convinced that he's going to be looking to leave about leaving because, you know, you might get a quick financial windfall, but he's learned by, by the way he's bounced around throughout his career, how fleeting those things can be. And uh, I hope he stays where he is because I think it's the perfect spot for him. Well, Gary, the one thing I'll say about about Manny was, unfortunately, when he went to Texas and he started blowing up uh, early on, and, you know, Mickey Andrews was like a, like, a, like a father to him, too. I don't know if you know that, but he, um, he did a fantastic job of moving up and progressing and getting the right opportunities and having success. And, unfortunately, I don't think he had total control of the personnel that he wanted and what he wanted to do in Texas. I think Mac was very much involved with him, didn't give him the freedom that Mark has done, said, hey, here you go, go do it, do what you got to do. I think um, he, he was to always you know, kind of coaching with someone looking over his shoulder a little bit. I think that was something that was always there. Uh, he goes to, back to La Tech, does a great job on that with that defense, goes to Mississippi State. The only team that tore him apart really that year was Alabama and Georgia Tech. Uh, the guy is he's young, he's got a lot of energy, and there's no question he fits the bill to be a head coach. Is he comfortable? Would he be comfortable being like the Bud Foster of Miami? Probably. Uh, you know, typical Cuban like us, where you know, everything comes down to, to to enjoying your family more than anything. And uh, that could be what sways him to stay here. I'm not sure, but uh, he's definitely got to be one of the top guys, top names out there, especially in the state of Florida, where he's done a great job recruiting as well. And he's got a great history of doing that, so. But anyway, Gary, it's great having a chance to talk to you guys. Have a great Thanksgiving to you and everybody out there, and let's go Canes, baby. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show. All right, 563-999-3633 is the number, 563-999-3633. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And uh, this next segment of Cane Sport Live is brought to you by thestartup.com, the world's first virtual incubator created by Canes fans, to help Canes fans and their friends and family try to get a break in the competitive business world. And uh, you've heard me talk about them all season long. Um, I actually saw Brian, who's um, the CEO of the company, at the Canes game uh, the other day with his little kid. That was kind of cool. Um, these are guys that are pure Canes, okay? And uh, if, if you're not a Canes fan, you can't work at the company, and uh, they live or die with the Canes every weekend, and uh, while they're at that, they also are putting a lot of their effort into trying to make uh, people successful in, in small business and, um, and entrepreneurs who are doing startups help, help them figure out what they need to do to achieve their goals. And the folks at the startup.com have created a workplace without walls and an internet-based platform called the ecosystem where any current or aspiring entrepreneur can go and test their ideas, build their business plans, communicate and strategize with team members, and even forecast 
and manage their cash flows. And the ecosystem was created to be a command center for entrepreneurs, housing a robust suite of digital tools for startups and business owners. So visit the startup.com today for a free trial. It's one site at one price to rule them all. The startup.com. And, um, let them know you're a Canes fan if you end up uh, getting involved with them. Bunch of bunch of great guys. Thank you for being being part of Cane Sport Live this year. The startup.com. All right, 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's go out now to the 407. You're live on Cane Sport Live. Hello. That's you. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Doing great. Who's this? It's L. L from Orlando. Hey, what's up, bro? How are you, man? Talk to us. Nothing much, not too bad. Yeah, man. So uh I guess now um all the doubters can uh shut their mouths, uh, can sit back, relax, enjoy the season. Um, you know, we've gone from being at the bottom to to the top, you know, and I've always said this, you know, um every great um, program, um, if you look in history, has had their downtimes. You know, and we were the sleeping giant, and we have awakened. We have a competent head coach with a competent staff, and they're doing a great job right now. Um, even last week, and, it, it, and I, I don't. Maybe, maybe I'm being too confident. Maybe I'm being too cocky. But even last week during the Virginia game, I just knew we was going to win that game. I knew we were going to win. You know, it was like it was one of those situations where you know what this is one of those um what word am I looking for? This is one of those trap games. You know, we played two high um quality, very quality um uh, high quality games in a row, um prime time, and all of a sudden now we're playing a twelve o'clock game. You know, um and you know so it's not you know no excuses when you play football. You, you know it don't matter if it's three o'clock in the morning. You're gonna play ball. You're gonna play ball. You know, but um, but at the same time, that is a big, big difference when you're playing between, uh, you know, two primetime games at 8 p.m. at home to a 12 o'clock game. Um, and by the way, um, kudos to all the fans for being, you know, it was like I've never seen that many fans um, at the stadium for a 12 o'clock game. Never, ever. Um, so kudos to us. You know, maybe I guess winning brings, brings friends like we've always said, you know, people have said all along, you know, once we start winning, the fans going to start coming. They're going to start showing up to the games. Um, so with that being said, I, I do have one question. Um, if there is, I don't know if you talked about this um, already or not, um, is there a particular um, recruit for the 2018 uh, recruiting um, class that uh, is a highly uh, regarded recruit that you think is, is – um, what word am I looking for? Who, who's, um, you know, basically like on the on, on the fence or not on the fence, but um, I can't think of a word I'm looking for. Help me out here. Help me out. Um, you know, who might jump basically, in? Basically, uh, exactly, exactly. Who's not who's not committed at the moment? Anything that you may be hearing, maybe something that you yeah, hearing, I think there's you know, a few. Okay, there. I think Jaron Williams, the quarterback from Lawrenceville, Georgia. I think he's going to commit soon. Uh, I I think they'll end up getting Andrew Chatfield from American Heritage, defensive lineman, linebacker, slash, slash linebacker. Um, 
not mm-hmm. quite sure what position he'll end up playing. I think that I think they're going to get him. Uh, I think they have a real good shot at Tyson Campbell, uh, who's not yet committed, okay. but uh, they're doing a really good job of recruiting him. I think I think they've got a shot to win out there in the end. Certain, I'm I'm not as certain about, but you know I think they're still alive there. Those would be the main ones. And while we're talking recruiting, let me take a moment here and, uh, and update everybody on Josh Job, who we. we just had an interview with tonight and have some new information uh, that's come in. He has canceled that Michigan visit that we were just talking about a few minutes ago. Um, we said that, well, I, I said, I didn't think he was seriously considering Michigan, that it was going to be Miami and Bama. He's canceled the Michigan visit altogether. And he said that he's going to visit Bama. And of course, Miami, um, he's visiting Bama on December the 15th. Um, and then Miami at some point after that. Um, the visit to Bama will be an official visit on December the 15th. Um, he's not going to he's not going to sign in December. Uh, he's going to sign in February. Uh, now, I personally don't like that as an indicator for Miami. You've been committed to Miami for all these months, and you got an early signing day in December why don't you just get it over with and sign with Miami if you're coming to Miami, but he's not going to do that. Uh, he he's could. not going to sign. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. No, 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 I'm serious. Yeah. He's not going to sign until February. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what happens in that regard. Uh, but he did cancel the, uh, the Michigan trip for this weekend to the Ohio mm-hmm. state game. Uh, he hasn't totally closed the door on visiting Michigan in the future, but it doesn't look like he's going to do that. Um, And it looks like his Miami visit will end up being probably in January. Um, So, you know, similar, same situation, basically Miami and Alabama. uh, And we'll see what happens. Hopefully he hasn't been jerking off the coaches all this time, but to me, the signs aren't great. I, I don't, I don't like the fact that he's not signing in December. I don't like the fact that he's still taking an official visit to Alabama the school that he was committed to before he committed to Miami, uh, the school that we know what the general history is with, you know, with, with, with their recruiting and, you know, we'll see what happens, but that's the update on that. He, he has canceled his Michigan visit for this weekend. I think it could be also that, um, you know, Josh Dove is a, uh, I, I, I agree. I don't like some of the things I've been hearing that he's been doing, you know, some of the Twitter stuff or whatever the case is. He's a 18, 19-year-old kid, you know. But um, and, and at the same time, I think he's just having fun with the process. Um, he could surprise us all and sign, you know, in December. You know, so he's probably just, you know, sometimes these kids going to tell people what they want to hear. Um, and, and Or maybe not even what they want to hear. He probably just, like you say, he's just, you know, maybe he's doing a little bit of trolling. Um, who knows? Who cares? Um, I, I feel like whether he comes to us or not, I'm happy with our class. I'm happy with the team that we have. Um, would he make us better? Yes. Um, but at the same time, I, I think um, we've got some highly qualified um, DBs um, committed and, and wanting to play. And, you know, so I, I, think, I think we'll be okay either way. Um, do I want him? Yes, I do. Don't, don't get me wrong. I do want him. I do want him to, to, to be at the U, but – if he decides he's gonna to go to Alabama, then we'll see you in 2021, and we'll we'll, we'll bomb you in 2021. You know, so well, he, um, 
here's the other uh, thing I don't is, like. Is that when we okay. play Alabama? Yeah, but here's the other thing I don't like. He's going to Bama on December 15th, uh-huh. which is Miami's big recruiting weekend. That's the weekend when all the top recruits, all the committed guys are coming on their official visits together. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but, I but just, see, that's what I'm getting at. He could, he could yeah. very well, he could very well. I, I, I see what you're saying. Now, don't get me wrong. I see what you're saying. But he could very well cancel that trip and say, you know what? I'm going to Miami, and then, and then he signs. And then he yep. signs that following weekend. He could very well do that, you know. So you know that's what I'm. You know, I it, 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 I think I think to be honest with you, Job is just having fun with the process. I, I but but either way, why? Either way, it, it's it's it, why 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 have fun like this? I don't I don't like it. He's, I don't he's like a it teenager. Yeah, I don't need her, but he's a teenager. He's a teenager. Yeah, he's a teenager who has enough um, guidance around him that he doesn't need to be playing games like this. I mean, you know, may, you know, it's just it's not right what he's doing. I, I hate I hate kids that act like this. Yeah, <laughs> because and, 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 to, and it, and it always me, comes back to um. Go it, ahead. Go it ahead. it often comes back full circle, and they end up being, you know, they end up screwing right. up somewhere. Correct. Yeah. Um, the last, the last example that I can remember was that D tackle um, that signed with Florida State. Um, Bryant. A couple of years back. Yeah. Keith Bryant. That's the last example that I can think of. Mm-hmm. Keith Bryant. That's correct. Um, Matthew Thomas. <laughs> I don't think anybody's heard of him ever. Yes, Thomas yeah. too. Yes. So you know, um, but at the end of the day, I'm happy where we at. Um, I hope now some of the fans who were on the fence who. Um, I like to call them fake fans, but you you know you, you you can um you know you could you could do what you want as a fan I guess but um I'm a diehard Hurricane fan I'm a I'm a root for my fans we go 0 and 10 or if we go 20 you know it don't matter I'm going to root for my Kane um I, there's gonna be times when I'm gonna be upset or whatever um but I'm not gonna you know I'm, I I'll never give up on my Kane you know I, I I would go to my grave. Um, you know, uh, 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 rooting for the Canes, and, you know. So, and, and and there's a lot of bandwagon fans for sure. That is for sure, for sure. There's a lot of bandwagon fans. A lot of fans now, all of a sudden, coming out the woodwork. They hurricane fans. I ain't never heard of you before. Never seen you. I've been around you all my life. I ain't never heard you. Uh, but that's uh, okay. Hurricanes. Now all of a sudden, you're a Canes fan. There's it, plenty of room on the bandwagon right? it, for everybody. <laughs> I, I, there's plenty of room, need, and I want to kick a lot of them off. You need everybody. You got to fill the stadium. I mean, did you see the? You, you ended up with <laughs> what I thought was probably about fifty-five thousand for Virginia. I mean, it's pretty good. Yeah, so, was, you know, like you, I said earlier, I, I was shocked by that. I did not expect that many fans for a twelve o'clock game. Yeah, I mean, um, so there's plenty pretty, of room. Pl- plenty of room on the bandwagon. Yeah. Yeah. What? Keep me on. Um, all right, Earl. Um, great to Thank be you. Uh, you got it. Yep. Thank you for being part of the show. Just want to throw in one more thing about Josh Job, okay? And I, I, I don't have. We've been doing this a long time. I don't have any problem with a kid enjoying recruiting or a kid legitimately going back and forth between schools. But if that's what you're going to do, have respect for the people that are recruiting you, and just don't commit. Like, do it the way Tyson Campbell's doing. He's making Miami work as hard as you could ever have to work in recruiting to try to get come to Miami. But he's not jerking anybody around. He's legitimately 
surveying the landscape and weighing all his different options, which are many. And there's nothing wrong with that. But don't commit to a school for months and months and months and then sit here and, 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 and jerk coaches around like that. I just don't – I'm just I, – I don't like it. You know, I, I don't like it. I don't like having to watch the coaches have to – you know, suck up to these kids who act like that. It's just not right. And I know, you know, some of them don't have the guidance uh, maybe that you would hope they would have, but uh, it's, it's just not right that they get into these situations where they jerk people around. And, uh, you know, hopefully that's not what Josh Job is doing, but this whole thing has stunk to me from day one and uh, we'll see what happens. All right. Um, five, six, three, nine, 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 three, six, three, three, five, six, three, Nine 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 three six three three. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the eight oh four. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey Gary, how's, how's it going? Doing great. Who's this? I want this is Devon Mayfield from uh, Richmond, Virginia. What's up, Devon? What you got for us tonight? Hey, hey, I'm uh, I'm on the set notes, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay on the topic. Y'all was talking about this Josh Joby guy. The guy Hall is rated higher than him at safety, right? Um, I mean they're pretty close. I, I'd have to look at the rankings and see who's actually got a little higher ranking, but they're both elite prospects. Okay. All right, and uh, one thing I want to jump on too, which you said earlier, that you think the tackles for Clemson is better than um, McIntosh. I mean they're they're both they're regarded that way. I haven't really watched them closely in all total honesty. I haven't had a chance to see Clemson play a ton this year. They look pretty good to me when I've seen them in the past. Uh, and I know the NFL yeah, I mean, thinks pretty highly of them. I mean, their their front their, their front seven is is really good. But but Miami's right, so, is also. Miami's yeah, is good okay, also. Yeah, okay, because that's what I'm saying. You said you think that's the best in the country. Their linebackers are not better than our linebackers. And their corners are not better than our corners. Now, I, I, admit, I, I, I have boys, not evaluated them to the degree where I can give you my opinion on that. Okay, because I'm watching, because one of the kids, um, num- number 99, which was, a, I think, the rest of freshman last year, that came, he started big in the playoffs for them. He actually's from Richmond. Oh, well, I forgot his name right now, but I didn't even know he was from Richmond until actually when they, um, when he, when he, he had like three, like three sacks in one of the, one of the, um, one of the playoff games um, or whatever last year. No, I, I, they got to tell him the front. I just, Think, I think some I don't know if it was in your in your column or in my, I might have read it somewhere else. Uh, I, it might no, it wasn't yours. I think I was on the internet at work. But they were saying one thing about McIntosh was his stamina. They said for a D tackle to play as many snaps. I think he had the second most snaps played on defense last week. I think only person to beat him might have been Johnson for a total snaps on defense last week or whatever for so, um for Miami or whatever. I, I mean, I think he should stay. I think if Miami bring everybody back, I think Miami be probably ranked one or two coming out of the next year. It depends on what they do this year. If, you know, even if they lose to Clemson or don't make it to the – I think if everybody comes back and only lose the seniors, which I don't think the seniors are the best players. So if they bring – especially the D-Tac, everybody comes back and with the class they got coming out, they might be definitely be probably, what, one or two next year in um, a preseason ranking. Could be. I mean, I haven't looked at what Bama and all these other teams have coming back and all that, but they they'll certainly be top five. Yeah. I just, so what are they what are they doing? What are they preparing like for the weather for um, Friday? Are they not wearing their? I don't think they're they taking doing? it. 
I don't think they're they're treating it that crazy. I mean, obviously they'll bring some long sleeve shirts and you know and, and things to keep the kids warm, but you don't want to get overheated either when you're out there yeah. you know, playing playing. So uh, it's really not supposed to be that cold, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I think it's like 49, 49 degrees. I think um, I think the coach. I think last night I think coach. Um, on Rick said it. I think he says like forty. It's gonna be forty nine degrees about kickoff. Yeah, that was that was the last game. forecast I saw, and I'm I'm looking it up right now as we're talking. But uh, I don't I don't think it's gonna be that big of a factor. I mean, 50, you know, fifty degrees for a football game. Yeah, it's gonna pretty. It'll be in the high forties to fifty, and it's gonna be a sunny day if this weather forecast holds up. I don't I don't see it being that big of an issue. Well, um. Well, I, well, we was talking about recruiting. Um, why, why is Miami not running for the for the number one defense in in the country? The guy I forgot that school in Florida, that prep school they got in Florida, that's going to Clemson. Why is like Miami not cracking with him? Why is his commitment so strong to Clemson? Uh, who who are you talking about? I can't. I'm not looking on my computer right now, but I know it's um. Uh, he's from. I forgot that prep school y'all have. Not a prep school, but that MGI school. IMG? Um, yeah. It's the defense end. There's no one defense end in the country that's going to Clemson. And he's been there it. for a while. Xavier, Xavier Thomas? Yeah, yeah. Like, why is not? Miami's never been in the picture for him. I guess he just likes Clemson. I, I, you know, I haven't really looked that hard into it, why he picked Clemson. Yeah, I just said I just know he been committed. I just seem like you know when Clemson get a commit, you know, or something like that. It never it's like especially coming into the state. I mean, it started even back with Sammy Watson. You know, that probably started this Clemson thing, uh, bringing in a lot of Florida recruits. Like, and they getting like the top guys like Alabama was doing. Like, and like they stick it to the commit. Is I just think that you know I was wondering about that. Like, there how can he? He clearly has. Head. He clearly wants to go there. He committed back in April. Mm. So. You know, he, he he clearly wanted to go to Clemson. So no big deal. I mean, so, yeah, yeah. I just I just wondered that I was I was no one day I was just looking and I see he was from like Florida. I don't know if he really from Florida because I know that school. Well, but that doesn't mean he, that doesn't mean he's from Florida. I'd have to I haven't researched yeah. him, so I don't know all his details. But kids come from all over the country to go to IMG. Arthur Sikowski, yeah, yeah, yeah. who was the quarterback yeah, in this Miami for a while, he's from New Jersey. Yeah, I mean, kids come from all over the country. Yeah. Um, Brian High- Hightower, the receiver who's coming to Miami, I think he- he's from California. Uh, you know, kids kids okay. from all come from all over the United States to go to IMG. Okay, I, I know another thing um, nobody talked about. I mean, he's not a, the guy, the kid Millen. Did the coach ever – I know that. I know when it first happened, I think they was either getting ready for Notre Dame or Tech, so he didn't talk about it. And I think he said after the game, you will. And I guess people just didn't worry about it because we won. But like, um, like, did he ever address like what happened with him? Why did he leave the program? Deontay Mullins. Yeah. Well, it started out that he was upset that he wasn't playing more, and after the big victory, I think it was the Virginia Tech game, he went on Twitter and started ripping the coaches. <laughs> for oh. not playing them, for not playing them, and uh, I think that's that 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 right there, you know, I, I think pretty much did it. 
you know, and quite frankly, a kid like that who is a borderline kid that, that, that that's going to create problems in the locker room and things like that, you don't, you can't get that kid out of the program quick enough. I mean, look what they have going here. You've got a, a group of kids yeah. who are all, they're all unified. The chemistry is great. They're all playing together. Um, everyone's getting the play. They're not, no one's bitching about their playing time. Now you got this one guy over here who's a borderline receiver who is now going on Twitter and ripping the coaches like goodbye. You know, it's another spot that they have for recruiting. Why? And why don't mind, um, I forgot the, the kid. I forgot the kid, the big tall kid that made the, the two big catches for us this year. I understand the other guy Darryl Langham. Be better. Yeah, Langham. Well, I see like now the guy the Cager is starting to come along. He had a couple of big catches, but why are they not using them guys more? Like, you know, what I'm saying like in a like in a normal office. I know I know Thomas locked down the starting spot. You got well. Um, here here's the thing. Okay. Thomas started playing well in the middle of the season. You know, he had he had back-to-back touchdown games and that kind of thing. So you've got Berrios in the slot. And so they're trying to figure out how do we get our best guys on the field. So they, they moved Thomas from the slot to outside, and now he's playing more outside. You've got Amon Richards, who's now actually getting healthy. Uh, he's looking really good right now, and he, he should be ready to play – these next couple games, hopefully at full strength. He's, he's, he's running around better than he has in several weeks. And uh, really since before he got hurt in training camp. And uh, so the question is, you know, what do you, where's Daryl Ingham going to play? You're trying to get, you're, you're putting Mike Harley out there a little bit. You're putting Lawrence Cager out there a little bit. You're putting Dale Harris out there a little bit. Um, so these are all guys that are at least equal to, to Daryl Langham in the pecking order or higher. And, you know, Langham's still getting the play, but I think what gets lost is when he got the play at Florida State, even though he made the winning play, he was only on the field for two plays in the Florida State game. And yeah. played a little played a little bit more than that against Georgia Tech because Amon Richards He had 100 yards in that not, game. Yeah, I know. Because Amon Richards was a I know. Yeah. I know. No, what I'm but, asking is, well, what you're seeing is the coaches aren't overreacting to what happens yeah, in yeah. an individual game, whether it's right or wrong or indifferent. I have, you know, that's a, I think a matter of opinion, but I think what you're seeing is the coaches don't overreact to that. Like, okay, he had a hundred yards <laughs> that game, but that doesn't mean he's better than Amon Richards. And it doesn't mean that, he, yeah. that he's better than Berrios. And it doesn't mean that he's better than Jeff Thomas. And, you know, so it just it is what it is, it, and it doesn't mean he's better than Cager. Yeah, and and I'm not knocking that. What I'm just my my biggest thing is like because when I watch a game, I like to analyze it. I'm not looking at it as a fan. I, you know what I'm saying? I coach football, but when I'm looking at it. It's just Miami offense never look consistent. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, just like for example, we had the three, we had the lead, we had the ball. I think we had the three point lead. We had to punt the ball. Like, it's no way French Virginia got enough athletes. I mean, besides the safety, which is he's not a, you know, he's a foster. I know he's a foster kid coming out, but he's not a cover safety. And like, how how can we not? Richards can't have ten catches in the game. Like last year, I know with Virginia, they hit Richards with a short pass. He took it to the house with a touchdown against West Virginia. They hit him with a quick slant. He outran everybody. Like, are we not seeing them plays this year? You know what I'm saying? Like, 
You hit, you just hit a receiver with a quick slam or something, and he take it to the house on somebody. You know what I'm saying? It's either, you know, we either throw it up for grabs and get the catch, or it's no, it's not like a, you know, a little quick slam or something. Boom, let the guy, let the athlete, you know, do his thing once he get the ball in his hand. You know, I just wondered, like, where don't, like, that's why I asked the question, like, because, you know, like, Thomas, Thomas, I don't think, did Thomas, did, I think he had, like, what, a couple catches? He had, like, two catches in this game, this Virginia game, or whatever, this past weekend? I, I don't, yeah, it's, it's something like that. I don't have the stats right in front of me, but that sounds about right. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, and I'm not saying, like, yeah, I know he got the speed, but I'm like, what is he doing with it? Like, if he got that kind of speed, then he should be open for, like, a, a quick 10-yard out, or, you know what I'm saying, or a quick catch to see can he, you know, go past the guy and take it to the house. You know, that's that's all I'm wondering. I'm just wondering, you know, looking forward, you know, to that. Like you said, because that Clemson game, yeah, is a, is a time in front. So I'm quite sure Mark Riggs and I'm quite sure he got a game plan for it. I just, you know, I just want, you know, our offense to be Especially if we, if we get into the, um, the playoff, because we stay where we at. We're looking to play, what, a Wisconsin team, which I think we probably could – like, they actually said it on TV that Wisconsin would be a one-point favorite against us, which I think is funny, <laughs> with that, with our team speed against what they do. And they think they'll be a one-point favorite against us. I thought it was crazy. But it is what it is. That's, also, that's, it. that's one of my own questions for this week. I appreciate you taking my call or whatever. You got it, man. Thank, thank you for being part of the show. Uh, give us a call next thank time. Thank you. You got All it. Right. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go down to the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How are you this evening? Doing great. Adam, right? Yes. Happy how you Thanksgiving doing, to you and yours this holiday season. Same to you. Thank you. A uh, couple questions. One, do you, obviously Virginia had a great game plan on uh, Saturday. And in the first half, Ben Kurt looked like an NFL pro bowler first-round pick. But do you think it was also a fact that we were coming off – there was a bit of a hangover, and that's not an excuse. And I know the coaches – and I know Rick showed them video the night before of top teams getting knocked off. But do you feel that there was still that bit of a hangover because these are 18- to 22-year-old kids? A little bit, but you know, I think you got to give Virginia credit. Um, I, you know, no, I don't think, and absolutely – yeah, I mean, I, I think you got to look at, you know, Virginia did some things schematically uh, in their game yeah. plan that, that, that were screwing things up a little bit too on, on both sides of the ball. And uh, they had a real good, 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 good scheme defensively and offensively. Yeah, no, I mean, I know. And, you, I mean, you can see, like, Kansas State beat Oklahoma State in Stillwater last week. And Oklahoma State was ranked and Kansas State wasn't. So it can happen on any week, on any week, um, but that's just the nature of sports. Um, uh, one recruiting question, is Frierson solid with us? Because there have been rumors about him, like, going to Georgia or visiting Georgia. Here's what, here's what I'll say. That here's, what, here, here's what I'll say. We think he is, but he doesn't talk much, number one. And number two, you're looking at seven or eight defensive backs in this class. And I think we all would be very naive to think that there isn't a chance that somebody out there is going to talk one or two of these kids into switching. 
I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I mean, if they if, if they all la- stay and land in the class, obviously it's a wonderful mm-hmm. thing, and it's what you want to see as a Miami fan. But yeah. I think that we we would be very naive if we didn't at least understand that it would not be a shock if if one or two of them got swayed away. Yeah. But uh, and also with Gervin Hall, I know he hasn't really talked, and there were rumors Florida and Alabama as well with him. Is that the same situation? On that he doesn't really said, talk a lot. You talking about um, Frierson? Oh, Gervin Hall, yes, yeah, no, similar, similar deal. I mean, we think he's coming to yeah. Miami. We have no reason to think he's not. Yeah. But everybody's trying to turn that kid. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, one other question. Um, a caller had asked earlier about Xavier Thomas. He is from South Carolina, and he long ago said he wanted to go to school in-state. This was something. His top two schools were South Carolina and Clemson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's and why he, Miami he, he never, never recruited him. He, he, well, he only wanted to go to school in South Carolina. That was his thing. And he went down to IMG the same reason Satowski did to get more exposure. Do you, um, how has the team looked in there? And a couple more questions. How has the team looked in like preparing for Pitt? Because I know there's always in the back of my mind, 2007 when West Virginia was number two in the country and they went to Pitt and lost uh, 13 to nine. And then because Pitt has knocked off like big time teams before when they had like three or four wins. No doubt. Look, I mean, Miami's won 15 games in a row, okay? Yeah. They're not going to win every game forever, and they're, they're on upset yeah. alert. This is, this is an upset yeah. alert game. I mean, let's be honest. They're going on the road, cold-weather game. It, um, other than trying to finish the season undefeated, they're already in the game against Clemson. You could try yeah. to keep them from looking ahead to that all you want. I mean, it's almost impossible, right? And now they got to, yeah. they're going to have to go up there and they're going to have to get themselves inspired because uh, I mean, Pittsburgh will probably treat this like a bowl game. It's, it's senior day and that's how their coaches are going to sell yeah. it to their kids. And Pittsburgh blew Virginia out of the stadium, by the way, when they played earlier in the year. Yeah. So, and, and we saw the Virginia gave, gave the hurricanes trouble last weekend. So Pittsburgh yeah. is capable of being a pain in the butt and you know, it's up to, it's up to, the Canes again to go up there and show their class the way they did against Virginia mm-hmm. and, and, and just, you know, play a, a, a clean game and, and go up there and win because you've got better players and you've got a better team. Yeah. Um, no, you're definitely right about that. Um, I had asked this question on the board last week, are you, and this is just uh, my last question. Are you going to do like one of those podcast reviews with Panther Lair? this week um, you know work? I wasn't going to because it's Thanksgiving week and it's a short week and we got yeah. so much going on and you'll see we have a million stories okay. on the site and uh, I was yeah. not going to do that with this game I will definitely, uh, okay. do, it I was... Clemson, with, definitely do it for the Clemson game okay and, and um, last question and this is basketball is there any word on Lonnie Walker's injury because I know he like suffered a severe sprained ankle in the Florida A&M game so I didn't know if Look, he was going to play. We, we think he'll Italian. be okay, and we expect we expect him to play Wednesday. Uh, okay. Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks, Gary, for taking my call, and have a great show.
All right, Adam. Thanks as always for calling in. 563-999-3633. 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, now we're going to the 240. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? Doing great. Who's this? D Black. Hey, what's up, D Black? How you doing this week? Not much, not much. I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Doing good. Great, great. Um, couple things, you know, not gonna be long, but you know me, I'm definitely gonna be strong with it. Um, I have an issue when people say, whether they're Kane fans or not, when they say they're no longer thugs, they're not thugs anymore. I'm like, University of Miami players were never thugs. They were never robbing, stealing, or or killing people in the street. So when when people say they're not thugs anymore, they need to check that because they were never thugs. They were just a bunch of brothers that played hard on the field and talked talk shit and kicked ass. You know what I'm saying? The society mm-hmm. labeled them as thugs, but they're not thugs. We all know what a thug is. And I don't think any University of Miami player was that. I'm going to leave that right there. That's offensive to me. You know what I'm saying? That's real offensive. I think it's, it's, it's offensive. Now, great crowd on Saturday. You said 57,000, right? Um, ESPN was reporting 60,000. Regardless, it was a great atmosphere, great game, you know, and – they show they show they show their grit. They show their heart. Heart of a champion on Saturday. To go down fourteen, to tie the game back up, to go down another fourteen, and to rally off thirty straight points. Yo, that says a lot. You know, that that says a lot. For them and no the doubt. coaches. You know what I'm saying? We ain't gonna, we are we are we all know if this was a couple of years ago, what would have happened? This that's this, what that game would have been a dumpster fire, but it's, it's not, and they're a different team. They're built for this. Awesome, because they got men that's leading the program. They got visionaries that's leading the program, and um, I second, I second what you got to say about the Josh Jones situation. I second that, Gary. I, I agree with you. I, and, yeah, and you I know what, D Black? He might just be playing games, okay? He might just be playing games. He might he might be totally solid to the Canes and, you know, the, the whole thing. But why the games? Like, why? Like, what's exactly. the purpose why? of that? And, like, and what does that accomplish? Yeah. Right. And, 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 and it's funny because, not to be quoting a Notre Dame parent, but I am. You know, Mike Golick, you know, his sons was getting recruited by a lot of schools. And, of course, Notre Dame is where, where his sons went. And when his sons made that commitment, he told the sons, yo, once you commit, that's it. We're not going nowhere else. You're not taking no more visits. This is it. You're a man of your word. This is where you're going. You know what I'm saying? And it's about integrity. So, like you said, if, if you, if you want to be courted, then don't commit. Be like Tyson Campbell. I'm going to hold my commitment. I'm going to wait and see how hard you really want me, how bad you really want me to be a part of your university. Even though I, I think Tyson Campbell's coming, but he's not committed like Josh Job is committed and been committed for so long. And it's, and it's a great point that you brought up when you mentioned 
why isn't he coming on the fifteenth with the rest of the crew? Well, he's why been supposed to be. He he exactly. he's been scheduled to come on the on the fifteenth with with the rest of the crew. That that we know. He told us on Sunday that that was still on. Now it's two days later, and he just did an he just did an interview today where now he's saying he's going to Alabama on the fifteenth. See, you know, yeah, like, look, man, don't look, don't, don't, don't look, don't, don't, you shouldn't be playing with the coach's emotion. You know, you shouldn't do that because, it, because then they'd be the wrong, they'd be dead wrong. They said, you know what, we no longer recruiting you, and then you're gonna be sitting there with egg on your face, and then you're gonna want to blast them for stop recruiting you. But look what you're doing. You supposed to, you were supposed to come on the fifteenth with the rest of the crew. Now all of a sudden, now you're going to Alabama. Like, yo, I mean, yo, you do what you want to do. I'm like, you 18 years old, you got a good supporting cast around you, so you shouldn't be making these irrational decisions. Like, it just, it just, it just baffles me. But it's always the South Florida kids, though. It's always the South Florida kids that does this. Always. That's being recruited by Miami. Always the South Florida kids. We'll see. You I know, just wish just, somebody could sit, sit down with him and say, hey, you know, Come on, you know, stop, stop playing these games. Right, like exactly. Look, stop playing these games. If Miami is where you want to go, which we all believe that to be the case, then yo, just go on your visit on the fifteenth. Sign, you know, put your Marcus Garvey on the dotted line, and let's make and yo, let's make this thing work. Let's get about two, three titles. Why you there, and everybody else? But you know, like I said, I didn't have much tonight. Um, and I did have, I did have one one important thing that was on my mind since last week, Gary. But it's all good. But oh yeah, like I said, my cousin plays. My cousin plays for Pitt, number eighty-two. He scored. Did you see? He scored against Virginia Tech. Rafael Lopes. You know their defense is some some trash. But um, <laughs> I spoke to his dad. Matter of fact, I spoke to his father tonight. He was like, man, look. He said it's gonna. He said it'll be a decent game. He said, but y'all gonna win. You know, I just would like to see my cousin do a little something. But of course, I'm always gonna win my canes. But um, you know, Gary, it's gonna be a great game. It's gonna be nice weather up there. I'm looking forward for us to go up there, take care of business, and get prepared for next Saturday. But we got to take care of this Saturday first. Then we get ready for next Saturday. And yo, what we all? What you say, Gary? When you get into the game, when you make it to the tournament, anything can happen, yo. Mm-hmm. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. And Clemson is very beatable. Clemson is very beatable. So, well, you know, we you take know, they, care they, of They've had a run now for a few years. They won the national title last year after losing to Alabama the year before. And, you know, I think that we know from experience down here how hard it is to just do it year after year after year. And uh, we know that Mark Rick is capable of putting a good game plan together. And that's what it's going to come down to, putting a good game plan together and then executing it. And Malik Rozier is going to have to make plays in that game. Oh, no doubt. He's going to have to play. I mean, the offensive line is not going to win the battle against their front seven. That I feel feel pretty pretty sure about. Like, I I would be very – I would be stunned – if the offensive line went into that game and won the battle against their front seven, their front seven is very good. So oh, very good. 
Yeah, so we'll I mean, they're going to have to find other ways to make plays than just running Travis Homer, you know, up the middle. They're going to have to scheme their way at, through that game. I I think Mark Rick is capable of that. Right, but Sy- hey, Syracuse dominated they 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 front four. They couldn't they, they couldn't get Yeah. Syracuse. I understand, but, but they, they caught him flat. That was that, that was just one of those games for Clemson. I, I look. I, I hear what you're saying. I hear, I hear what you're saying. But at the what, end of the day, they're kids, you know. I mean, I, and I agree with you. They, Syracuse found a way to do it, and, and that's what Miami's going to have to do. Yeah, but and, but Clemson couldn't get them off the field when it counted. They couldn't stop them. And look, but look, this the isn't, the, this, isn't a, a, uh, this isn't a midday road game at the Carrier Dome where you've lost right. your quarterback and and you know things are just not going your way. This this, this is a championship game. Uh, you know, under what, the lights Gary? at night. And guess what? You know, it's it's different. And guess what? And and, and get and get and, and guess what? I I got to say to that. We not Virginia. I mean, we not uh, we not Syracuse either. Everybody thought Notre Dame was gonna bust us in the mouth, and look what happened: forty-one to eight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, Clemson is a good team, but you don't think don't don't, don't think it's gonna be sweet because they you know, we got ballers too. So they they know they gotta come and give and give us their a game because under the lights for one thing we gonna do under the lights prime time we gonna show up we're we're going to show up the first no time in the ACC championship game the first time in the ACC championship game and we got we no got doubt. another opportunity to tell America to give them the big finger oh oh it's gonna it's oh my God. Yeah, both it's, teams it's, are gonna. Sh- both gonna teams are gonna show up. Both teams are gonna show up. It's, it should be a great football game, and and I think that the experience of Mark Rick and his capability of putting together a game plan for that game is what could tilt the scales for Miami if if something is gonna tilt the scales. No doubt, no doubt. So I ain't gonna be up here long, Gary. Just uh. You know, get your eat on on Thursday. Watch some football Thursday. We got the Canes on Friday. Let me give a shout out to you know Slider, Wookie, Kane, Kane. You know, Kane, Kane, hit me up, man, and um, keep me a hold, Gary. You got it. Thanks for and being I part of the show. All right, D Black. All right, five six three nine 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 three six three three. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We're going to get to the questions submitted on the message boards at canesport.com. I'll start getting to those in a few minutes. Um, right now, let's go out to the seven oh six. You're live on Canesport Live. What's up, Gear? How you doing, man? I try to catch a bathroom break in the middle of it, man. It's your boy. <laughs> How are you? Uh, just don't flush while while you're on the show. We don't want to hear that. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that, man. I'm in the service, man. I'm getting transferred out to Virginia, so I don't left Colorado, man. I've been on the road all day, but I had to get off the road to get on the show, man. I couldn't miss you. All man. right. Well, we're glad we're we're glad you're here. What are you, what are you in the Marines, Army, Air Force, man? Air Force, in, man. Blue you're in the Air Force. Way to go, man. Air Force, cool. yeah. Well, we, you know, we thank we thank you for everything you're doing to keep us safe. So we we really appreciate you. I appreciate you. it, and I, and I really appreciate how you keep the Kane family informed, man. First of all, Gary, I got to give you some 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 kudos on the team, man. Yeah, I I kind of saw that Jimbo Fisher look like he's going to roll out of Tallahassee, and I'm gonna tell you why. You know, when the Canes get back on top, I've been telling you, man, it's going to be real real hard to get that South Florida talent. 
And, um, you know, Florida State only competes for championship when they're getting that South Florida talent, you know. Yeah. You know, you're not getting Matthew Thomas. You're not getting Dalvin Cook. You know. You're and, not even getting Dalvin Cook's I mean, brother. Yeah, you're not even getting Dalvin Cook's brother. Not only that, Gary, I mean, this Joyner kid, I mean, he's committed to Florida State, but he has – he's on flip watch for me. Yeah, he's, he's going to flip. watch for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, my thing is, if you see that, that's just an indication of what it's going to look like. Florida State is Florida State when they got South Florida talent. I've been saying that for the longest, Gary. We've been on this conversation for the last two, three years, and I've been saying that. So, Jimbo going, get $8 million, here's the deal. Why not? You know, if he's seen Saban leave LSU and go to Alabama – and start a dynasty, he figures he can do it there. All you have to do is lock down the state of Texas. If you lock down the state of Texas and the only team you're competing against is Texas, you know, you have a real, real good shot. And he's going to have his his selection of the assistant coaches that he wants and to build a program the way he wants to because every indication I see from Tallahassee is I don't see Florida State being a top 15 team next year, you know. If the leader of your team ain't acting right, it ain't going. And I'll I give you a, part, a good example. When I watched Miami play this week, I saw the contribution of so many different players making plays. Like Dale Harris. I mean, this is a guy that we suspended for three games, you know. And he came back, got his act together, got some playing time, made a big-time play. That tells me That tells me respect for the coaches, you know. That shows me that that kid has respect for the coaches and he's bought into the culture of the program. So that's really, really big. The other thing is I don't see a lot of our athletes on, like, flip watch. You know, I, I saw Fryson took a visit to, you know, Georgia. But in all actuality, I mean, I don't see we, I don't see us losing him. Here's the deal. I want to talk about this Joe kid because Alabama is sneaky. They shady, too. And here's what I mean by that. They're, they want him, they want Job to visit on Miami's biggest recruiting weekend. That's when he has to visit Alabama. He can visit Alabama anytime you want to. But the weekend he's going to go is on Miami's biggest recruiting weekend. And, you know, Nick wants to be able to tell him, look, Mika Fitzpatrick is leaving, and we're going to give you the 29 jersey. That's going to be your spot when you get there. But here's the thing. I really believe this. Fight for the kids that want to be Canes because in the end, you're going to get more out of them than you will lose in the long run. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I don't I don't like the kids to play games. I mean, this kid's a you know special player and, and the whole thing. But, I mean, I just wish somebody would get to him, like I said, and get him to stop playing the games. Now, uh, December 15th was the day he was supposed to visit Miami. And that's the day when all the kids in the class are coming to visit a really big deal for Miami that that weekend and uh, you know we're trying to double check on uh, you know this December 15th Alabama thing that came out tonight in an in an, that he he did an interview with rivals and it came out in that interview I mean it, it just doesn't make any sense I mean he's been scheduled to go to Miami that weekend for a long time now it's possible maybe Bama knew that and Bama did somehow talk them into switching that's you know? exact Bama is shady Gary I'm telling you like I tell you I understand. Here's what I mean by that when I say that shade is 
the goal, the, the ultimate goal for Alabama is to not get let him get on campus again with all those other recruits. And here's the other thing: if I'm Josh Jobs, those are my future teammates, and I don't want to be above the fray and kind of diss the majority of the class that's going to be visiting on that particular weekend. You know, it reminds me of that kid that uh, Bird. Remember Bird? He did it. You know, he ended up flipping to Tennessee. And look at where he ended up at, you know. I mean, he could have been a lockdown corner down here in Miami. So, anyway, so, Gary, I, I, let me let me wrap this thing up because I know you got other people on your call. So, here, I'm going to break it down to you this weekend. Alabama's going to lose this week. I'm putting it out there. When you're number one on the last weekend of college football, you have no other place to go but down, okay? It doesn't mean they're not going to make it to the college football playoffs because there's absolutely nowhere they're not going to be there. But they won't beat Auburn in Auburn this week. And when we had this conversation next week, will you you be saying that I called it? They're not going to beat Auburn this week. So the key is when Georgia and Auburn plays, the winner of the SEC is going to get in. I see the only way Miami is going to make it to the college football playoff, even though they're ranked number two, they just have to win the ACC. They got to win the ACC. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you lose if you lose to Clemson, you're at the mercy of the committee and what they think. And I agree with you. The SEC champion will get one spot. Uh, I think Oklahoma, unless that something crazy happens, I think is 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 going to get a spot. I think the Clemson Miami winner lose, is going to get a spot. Exactly. And if Wisconsin don't lose, you you're not going to upset a half of the Midwest. By not letting no. the Big Ten championship get there, you understand? What I'm if saying? We, yeah, if, we, so, if Wisconsin beats Ohio State and is undefeated, they deserve to go in there. They, there's, there's absolutely no way you can't put them in there. So I'm gonna right. call it. There's absolutely no way Alabama's not gonna be in the playoffs. But I will tell you this: they will not be out. They will not be Auburn in Auburn this weekend. Well, I just don't Alabama might not be in the playoff if they don't make it to this championship game. I think they will. A one-loss Alabama team, there's just they, no way but, you're not going to play but, but, but they might not if, if the scenario plays out like what we're talking about. Because well, – Gary, let's revisit this conversation. So like I said, you know, what, if Georgia, what if Georgia wins out and then beats Auburn and wins, and, and wins the SEC championship? Then Georgia's going to be in the SEC. They're gonna, Georgia's going to be in the playoff, be- right? Georgia will so, be in the playoffs. I, I don't know if Alabama makes it if they lose this weekend. You know, I was just having a conversation with a buddy of mine. I told him, I said, Gary, there's absolutely no way Alabama will not be in the playoffs. I mean, they will not beat Auburn this week, but I see there's absolutely no way they will not be in the playoffs. I, like I said, we can revisit this conversation. I'm I don't know, man. It, like this, this is almost <laughs> like an elimination game. you got to remember, Auburn has two losses. I mean – if you're Alabama and you want to be in the playoff, you got to win this game. You know, that's true, but here's the deal. If Auburn beats Alabama and wins the SEC championship game, even with two losses, the SEC is representative is going to be in the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. I, 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 I don't see how you put a two-loss team. I don't care. I mean, it, I think that would make it a, 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 an absolute mockery. So give, ex, ex, like, explain this what, what if Wisconsin is sitting there undefeated? Like, like think, think about that for a minute. What if Wisconsin is sitting there still undefeated, um, Clemson or Miami, and Oklahoma? Right. Let's say they're all in. You're going to take, uh-huh. you're gonna take a, a, a two-loss Auburn team and put them ahead – of a one-loss 
Miami team Alabama or, or, team? or, or, or uh, yeah, Alabama. I mean, no. Well, I so mean, here, you, uh, what if Oregon just said I'm Auburn saying, wins yeah. the SEC? If Auburn wins the SEC right. because they're they beat in. Alabama and, and and Georgia, they're in, right? Yep. So, so, so Auburn, Auburn in that case would be number one, right? Okay, then right. let's say, then you got the Clemson Miami winner, right? Number two. Yep. Okay. Number two. You got Oklahoma. Number three. As long as as long as they don't slip up. Okay. And then, then you, you got, got Wisconsin. The, then you're sitting there weighing the Clemson Miami loser, right? Uh, uh-huh. You're weighing an unde- an undefeated Wisconsin team, right? Uh-huh. And, and you're and you're weighing uh, Alabama, one loss Alabama. You're weighing those three for one spot. Now, so, so yeah, I was, how I do you put say, Alabama over an undefeated Wisconsin, Wisconsin if they're undefeated? So I will say that is probably the only scenario I see Alabama not getting in. Now, really, really, if Wisconsin loses to Ohio State and they're out, then you're picking between Alabama and the Clemson-Miami loser. And Alabama, they're going to pick Alabama. With, with, with Ohio State on the far outside having beaten Wisconsin, but I don't think Ohio State but can get in it. So, no. so they'd be picking between Alabama and the Clemson-Miami loser. And I think they if, don't pick Alabama. If Miami just, wins, I think Clemson would get the nod over Alabama because they beat them in the last time they played. Okay. Okay. Um, but ooh, but, ooh, ooh. but I, I actually should probably take that back because I'm forgetting the fact that Clemson would then have two losses. So you, you, you're right. probably right. At that point, if, if Miami wins, you're probably right that, that, that Alabama still gets in. If, still get in. if, if Clemson but, but, wins. But I'm calling it. But I'm calling it. They're not going to beat Auburn. This I don't week. know. I'm telling you. Okay. Yeah, but we'll Gary, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me share this with you, and you can put me on hold. Uh, two, two more things. Uh, I need you to talk about the defensive line recruiting and see what we're going to get there. But the one comment I want to make before you talk about that is if uh, uh, Scott Frost leaves UCF, I think a coach they're probably going to go after is probably Cristobal. Um, I know they passed on him last time, but to me that seems like a pretty good get for UCF if they want to keep the momentum going. And uh, talk a little bit about that and talk about defensive line recruiting. I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving both to you and your family. But we're going to have an interesting conversation next week because I'm telling you, I think the Tigers from Auburn is going to take down Alabama. Yeah, I mean, like, hope. I, I would agree with you that, that it's certainly a, a strong possibility. I mean, the game's at Auburn. Uh, Alabama's due for a loss. I don't, you know, I don't think there's, there's any question about that. So it's, de- it's definitely a strong possibility. Um, but let's see, defensive line recruiting, uh, there's a lot going on there, a, a, a lot going on. I, you know, you know about the commitments, Nesta Silvera and Greg Rousseau, who's a nice, mm-hmm. lanky, tall-looking defensive end. Um, Miami's taken a run here in the last several days for a kid out of St. Louis by the name of Michael Thompson. I think that's one to keep an eye on uh, that's popped onto the, onto the scene. I, I talked about Andrew Chatfield Earlier in the show, he's a kind of like a hybrid defensive end linebacker. I, I think he's going to end up being Trent, in the class. Trent Harris. Yep, exactly. I think there's still a decent shot with Dennis Briggs. Um, that one's still evolving. Um, 
there's a couple other kids that they've been talking to. The, the, the Juco kid that visited a week ago, Jared Goldwire. We talked about him earlier in the show, how he's waiting to see uh, just what happens with Norton and McIntosh. He's a little concerned that if Norton and McIntosh don't go pro, that he would find a little bit of a logjam there. But being that he has three years of eligibility left, I'm not quite sure I understand that at all. Um, but that's the deal right now. And there's a couple other kids still around. There's a Christian Barmore kid out of Philadelphia, Daniel Carson from Independence, Missouri, who they're still looking at. Um, defensive end from Richmond, Virginia, Chris Collins. Um, defensive tackle from North Carolina, Jordan Davis. So, you know, they're looking around. And like I said, they added Michael Thompson from St. Louis this week. So it, it's it's kind of like fluid. You know, I, I think they're putting a lot of time in. And not just defensive line, but also offensive line. Let's face it, the recruiting class looks really, really good um, at all the skill positions. And now they, they've got to focus on the lines and, and, and shore up the lines and, and, and bring in a, a couple uh, impact-type recruits to play on the line, on both lines. Hey, and that's what they're working hey, Gary, on right hey, now. Hey, Garrett, don't cut me off real quick. But I saw this week that uh, Patchman got some play at the defensive end spot. Did you see that? So is he is he back on the defensive end side? Are they happy with their tight end situation? He's back playing D line because I saw him play a couple defensive end snaps against Virginia towards the end of the game. I don't know if you saw that. I did. I saw him get out there a little bit. Okay. They're, you know, they're, okay. they're taking care of that kid. That kid's bounced around and and he deserves to get some snaps. Play tight okay. end for a few weeks. I mean, and, you know, I, I feel for him because he's not a bad football player. He's just got to get settled in. He needs a good spring. And just to see how good he can get. Yeah, I agree. Gary, I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. We're going to continue this conversation next week. I want you to enjoy yourself. But we're going to have some, it's going to be fireworks next week when we, have, when we talk. But uh, you take it easy, man. All right. Thank you for just being part of the hope. show. You got it. All right. Let me uh, sneak over for a moment here to the list of questions that were submitted on the message boards at canesport.com for topics and questions to address on tonight's show. What do we make Malik Rozier's recent struggles and can the hurricanes beat Clemson and other games in the future, despite Malik's play Uh, last four games, 57 of 106, 54, 4%, 815 yards, eight TDs. He's thrown five interceptions. Well, the first thing I'm going to say is that Malik Rozier has outperformed anything that anybody could have expected coming into the season. So let's start with that. I don't, you know, I don't think that anybody would disagree with that. Now he's never been a starter before this year and now he's going on game 11. Okay. He can't even go out to dinner anymore without being bombarded by people who want his picture and autographs at the restaurant. This kid's life has changed. Okay. And um, I've, been wondering the last week or so and uh, whether he's just a little tired and when I look at him he looks tired I think he's played a little tired and uh, you know I think we got to remember their kids they are expected to wake up at 530 in the morning more days than not Um, they have to go to school they have to go to study halls Uh, they have to do all the things that a normal college student would do plus they got to spend 20 hours plus game day on, on football. And it's a lot and it's a big load. And I imagine every now and then they like to have a date and, you know, do some of the things that college students do 
when they're not in class and that type of thing. So these kids got a lot on their plate. And quarterbacks have a lot more mental responsibilities in some positions. And, they, you know, they, they have to put a lot more time into the game plan and studying and things like that. So this kid's had a lot on his plate. And he's looked a little tired to me. I, I mean, I'm not just saying it because of the question. I mean, I've, my observation of him is that he's looked a little tired. But he still is making winning plays. And, um, you know, I, I think that you have to look at the, the entire body of work and what he's done. And it's, it's, I just think it's hard. I don't know how anybody can really get down on him. And I, and I know that everyone's excited now and you want the team to finish undefeated. And obviously you want them to beat Clemson in the ACC championship game. But um, Malik Rozier has far outperformed what anybody could have expected of him. And, you know, yeah, he slipped up and thrown some bad, bad balls the last few games, no question about it. Um, but, you know, they had this week off from school. Hopefully he's getting rest. Uh, they're going to go play the game Friday in Pittsburgh, and then they have eight days to get ready for Clemson. And, you know, hopefully that can serve as a little bit of a refreshing time for Malik, and, uh, and he'll finish the season strong because you want to obviously see him finish the season strong because he's earned it by the way he's played in the first part of the season. What team we least like to see Miami play in the playoffs at this point? That's a tough question. Um, I think that Oklahoma's offense could give the defense fits just because of their dual threat capability and the quarterback. But if you had to pick one team, I'm going to still say Alabama because they may or may not get there undefeated. They might lose to Auburn this weekend. That's a tough matchup for them on the road. And typically, if a really good team is going to lose, this is the type of game they would lose. But that roster still top to bottom is the best in the country. And, you know, they've got grown men on that team and, and, and a lot of future pros. Um, so I'm still going to respect Alabama and what Alabama has been and still is. And so I'll, I'll, I'll say Alabama uh, over Oklahoma with the qualifier being that Miami's already playing Clemson. Um, but the bottom line is, Get there and let the chips fall where they may. Play whoever they put in front of you and uh, enjoy the moment. You know, it, w- it would be in the Sugar Bowl or the Rose Bowl. It would be a, a hell of a lot of fun. You'd have build up the entire month of, de- of December and uh, everybody would be excited. So if, if you made me pick one, I'd say Alabama. But uh, I say just go play whoever they throw in front of you in that case and uh, enjoy the moment. All right, 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. I'll get to the other questions as we go forward here in the last hour and five minutes uh, that we're going to be on the air. Um, Let me figure out where we left off here. And um, I think we're going now to the 850. You are live on Kane Sport Live. How's it going, Gary? Doing great. Who's this? It's Omar. What's up, Omar? What's happening up there in Tallahassee, man? Are they on Jimbo Watch? Because I think he's leaving. Hey, man. I I, I think he's going to sneak out of town one of these days soon. Going to go take that money in College Station, eight million bucks a year they've put on the table for him, and uh, start get a fresh start. And he may do it, but I don't know. I don't know. From what I've been talking to a couple of fans, they they saying that they, he's just going to, you know, 
he gonna replace the whole uh, coaching staff, like just you well, know really change everything up. To me, that's the reason he would leave because he has to replace the whole coaching staff if he stays, and that's ugly. Yeah, you know that yeah, that, that doesn't look good. Option. It doesn't feel good. It, it's not good yeah. for those coaches, and, yeah, uh, and it, it becomes a thing of loyalty over business, and that's and that's well, what business, it really business hurts. always wins over the loyalty in this business. But of course, of course, but that's the thing. Then it's having the kahunas to make that decision to look a person in the eye and say, "Hey, man, I gotta let you go." That's hard. That's hard to say what you built ain't. This ain't working, and when it worked before, you know, so that's a hard position for him to be in. I really feel bad for him at this point because either they go or you go, and then yeah, so that make it that makes it hard. But you know what? It kind of is this thing though. I feel like with them, I ain't gonna get too much on too much on them. But with Florida State, it's this thing. This one bad season this man had. And they panicking in panic mode. Like, it's a lot of stuff that happened this season that they didn't see coming. But a lot of it is not making changes way before it is. But it also that, like, this one season. I understand it's a bad season, but this one season. And now y'all ready to ship the man out when he done gave y'all, you know, at least four or five good seasons of, you know, being relevant. And but I think this one this one of them things that make may shoot, come back and 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 mess Florida State up even more. You don't want to get into the cycle of what we just got out of, which is choosing coach after coach, dealing with the situation that that goes three to six years, you know. So just sitting right there dealing with coach to coach, that man, you don't want to. It, it took us ten years to get out of that, so they don't want to do that. But yeah, that's enough about them. Man, my boys, uh, they did great, man. I like the way they came back and they fought. That's what I like to see. Like, you want to see them take a punch in the face and then, you know, have to wipe it off and come back, fight, and then take another one and fight more and then just go ahead and end it. Like, that was, a, like, mentally it was like a boxing match with with the points and how, how it happened. But I'm uh, I'm happy it happened now. So it, it, it lets them know what's the expectation to come. That's like, you know, you won the championship belt, but then your first competitor after you won that belt is like, what what they going to do? You know, uh, uh, how they going to come at me now that I'm I'm, I'm, the, I'm that number one person? And now we see how every team's going to be coming at us hard. So it's like, yeah, we got to play. We got to play hard. Like, it ain't no letting off because, a lot of these teams don't want to do that because now we the team that got the winning streak and number two. So it's like definitely. I think that that number two was – I don't think that's good also. I know we number two now. I think we should have stayed at number three. I like to have the edge, like for real. Just it doesn't matter. The edge on the other opponent. It doesn't like, matter. It's all the it, same. It, it does. The, the, bo- the bottom line but, is the winner of the game is going to get in the playoffs. It doesn't matter, Omar. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. And but I'm I'm just saying on a mental note, like on a mental edge and chip on the shoulder thing, I I would rather them keep Clemson at two and put us at three. So it give us some more to fight for to feel like okay, that's how they feel. But now it's like we them we number two and 
you know, they number three now is more like, oh, now they got that little little, little extra thing to fight for. That's what I'm talking about. But it, in the grand scheme of things, yeah, you're right, it doesn't matter because the weeks will tell what it's going to be. Um, moving on, man, I think I think it's going to be crazy, man, when, when all these quarterbacks get in there. Uh, I'm, I'm still nervous about uh, Malik keeping that starting job next year, man. I want him to. I'm I'm rooting for him. If he goes undefeated, if if he goes undefeated or loses just once, he'll probably be the starter. Yeah. How do you take it away? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he is, but it's gonna be that thing of like. But but Omar, I will say this. I will say this. He is not the most physically gifted quarterback on the roster right now, and we we don't know. know We don't know what kind of off season. That Nikozi Perry is going to have, yeah. you know, if he That's if he puts saying. on twenty pounds okay. or something. It's like I want but, but 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 right now, Nikozi Perry is not physically ready, just because he needs yeah. to gain some yeah, weight and get some that, needs to get some muscle is. on him. If he, he gets some muscle on him, then it's going to be it's going to be crazy because the boy already accurate. You know, I think he already beat him on that standpoint. But then they get to a Milton now. He don't got him enough. Um, not enough, but he done seen a little bit by just, you know, watching from the sideline. And going into this next season, it's going to be crazy. It, it, it really is. It's it's almost kind of like um, I think about it. Uh, it may, I hope it don't happen like this, but how Winston got his starter position. He was a uh, true freshman. Uh, well, he, 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 started, he was a red shirt freshman. And then I think it was uh, – I forgot one of the boys came – that was supposed to be starting, and he ended up getting the starting position, and the boy ended up going, I think, to Alabama or something like that. And he ended up transferring out. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think it's going to be like that because Malik. You just got to keep uh, You just got to keep uh, recruiting, he, Omar. You just got to yeah, keep he recruiting. Gotta, he, yeah, he got a couple more. What you call? It. He he got more to to more of a record, so. I mean, looking at that, you know, it's like the, if it ain't fit, if it ain't broke, why well, try to fit type situation? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, let me see. Uh, about the defense, man. How you feel about the Delaney, man? How you feel about his? He went his backwards scouting. last week. He he yeah, took a step backwards. backwards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I saw the article, man. I feel I feel bad for him, man. I wish I wish he had. A stellar year, and it's not going the way he planned it. I know he ain't with being injured, like all that. It's like <laughs> when you injured, man. That's like not not. That's like being out for work when you got an out of five. Like you. Yeah, and the coaches, injured, the coaches so did it, right it by him. You. The coaches did right by him. They they put him back out there. You know, he came to Miami to to get a season at Miami on yeah. tape to try to try to get drafted higher in the NFL draft. And as soon as he was a hundred percent healthy, they put him back out there. They honored their commitment to him, but he, t- I thought yeah, he took a yeah. step backwards last week. And I don't know what that's going to mean here this week and in the future. We'll see. Yeah. I think the only way he get it back, man, he got to show up for this Clemson game. Yeah, we'll, see. we'll see. Well, first they got to be Pittsburgh. Everybody, you yeah, can't yeah, overlook Pittsburgh. Yeah, of course. So, that. What one, one week at a time. NFL, NFL is going to be looking at that Clemson game. They're going to look yep. at this. That, that they're going to look at every too, game. There's so many prospects yeah. developing on this team right now. They're going to be looking at every game. 
All right, Omar, let me let other guys uh, get on. One last, one last, one last question about uh, Storm. He's been having a stellar year, man, stellar year. You think he's going to stick around? Jaquan Johnson. Oh, yeah, great year. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying, do you think he he had another stellar of a year that I think? Do you think he'll leave early? I don't think so. I don't think he should. I don't think he will, but don't know for sure it's yet. A trick qu- it's a trick question, man. If you don't think so, then, you know, it's crazy. He he had a better year than uh, what was for uh, Darryl James from Florida State. Mm-hmm. But it just, it seems like talent-wise, it's still a given to uh, Darryl James. He'll go before, before uh, Johnson. All right, Omar. Thank you. Oh, I, I have, uh, do I? I don't know who's going to get drafted first. I, I mean, Derwin James is, has got all the measurables. The NFL is going to going to be very interested in Derwin James. Jaquan Johnson yeah. does not have the measurables, uh, he, but he does nah, have the tape. He don't. He don't. But he has it's the like tape. He's played very. He's played yeah. very well this it's year. Like, the question is going to be how does he project into the NFL? That'll be the question. Yeah. Hi, right, Omar. Hey, thank All you for right, calling man. in. Give us give us a call again next week. Appreciate it as always. All right, guys, let me take a moment here and, and talk to you about Harry's Razors. You've heard me periodically through the last couple of years uh, talk a little bit about Harry's. Um, just a, a, a really good company with a really good product. And uh, I started using Harry's Razors a couple of years ago when they um, introduced themselves to me and, and, and sent me some some samples of their stuff and and I was really impressed and they said you know we'd like to come and get involved with Kane Sport Live and let all the Canes fans around America get in on the shaving craze that has become Harry's and uh, they sell these things all over the world and um, over three million guys worldwide have switched to Harry's razors and are and are using them on a daily basis and they make amazing quality products at a super reasonable price um, it could be a gift. They, they make real nice gift packages. you got the holidays coming up, and, and Harry's could be a perfect gift for somebody that you, you don't really know what, what to get um, for the holidays. And um, they'll, do, they'll give you razors and stuff in different colors with limited edition holiday colors and put together custom gift sets for you that, spit, that fit your specific needs, um, even a box for guys that already use Harry's and um, they also have a personal engraving option. So with the holidays coming up, these Harry's limited edition sets are a great gift idea. And this holiday season, Harry's is offering um, the following their gift sets, your guy in mind who will know how to love them. They're German engineered five blade cartridges that provide a close, comfortable shave. They come with a foaming shave gel that smells amazing special limited edition winter chrome and emerald green handles, and they personalize it with engraving. And the gift sets start at just $10. And uh, as a special offer for listeners of Kane Sport Live, Harry's will give you $5 off your order. So you go to harrys.com slash canesport and take advantage of this special holiday offer and um, get your holiday shopping done early. And take advantage of free shipping as well with Harry's. To get the limited edition holiday shave set while supplies last, go to harrys.com slash canesport right now. That's harrys.com slash canesport. And whether you buy it for yourself or give it as a gift, uh, I don't think anybody will be sorry. Harry's really makes a great product. 
All right, getting back to the show, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 256. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yo, what's happening, yeah? Doing great. Who's this? So this is Juan from Alabama, man. What's up, Juan? What you got for us? Oh, man, not too much, man. See, we moved uh, are, they, are they scared up there? Are they getting scared up there that they might have to play the Canes? Oh, uh, man, you know, they. it's just like I was going to say, man, about you was talking about will Alabama still get in on that whole scenario you and Sebastian was breaking down. And they might yep. still get in even if they, they lose might. late, man. Because, they might. Just because he is I think it depends who else is in consideration. I, mean, I don't know, man. This, they, you know, that's the whole SEC bias thing. So, you know, they'll put them in over the Big Ten and all of that type. But, uh, man, I ain't really got too much to say tonight, man. Uh, except for really one thing. Uh, it seemed like the fans, some of the fans in my group got down on the team and a couple of other groups whenever we was trailing against UVA, man. Just like I called in before, man. We got to keep the faith, man. Keep believing you know, and, you know, they're going to make it do what it do, man. And, uh, like I said, I'll keep it short and sweet this week, Gary. Uh, we keep winning, man. We'll find out how good Bama is when they play a real team. Man. You know, hopefully <laughs> that'll be against us. Well, they got, they they got their hands full with Auburn first. We'll see what happens. And, and, and Miami's got some business to take care of with uh, Pittsburgh and Clemson. So we'll worry about that in a few weeks. All right, Juan, well, you have a great Thanksgiving. All right, man, you too. Keep me on hold. Yeah, thanks, thanks for calling in as always. So the other day at the stadium, I'm watching the pregame warm-ups and just walking around saying hello to some different people and stuff. And I came across one of our esteemed listeners and callers on Kane Sport Live. His name is uh, Mr. Herndon, who was on the field to participate in senior day. And there wasn't a prouder father out there getting ready to greet his son coming out of the tunnel for the last time and um, partake in the festivities. And now he's calling in, as always, to tell us about it. Mr. Herndon, how you doing this evening? Welcome back to Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's going on, Gary? I'm doing good, doing good. Great seeing you, as always, out there the other day. I'm sure it was an oh, emotional yeah, day for you. Oh, yeah, man. It was a great day, uh, great crowd, and like you said, Seeing young Herndon run through the smoke for the last time. It's a great feeling. His little sister, his little brother came. You know, family came from Detroit. So it was a great day, man. Great day. You know, it's funny because, uh, you know, I, I'm sure you were very emotional. I don't know if Chris was really emotional, but he, he made a couple mistakes in that game that I've never seen him make ever. Like, you know, he's always so oh, solid yeah. on, on everything. And, 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 you know, I wonder if he was just all caught up in the fact that it was his last game at home or, or, or whatever, because he never makes mistakes. He is as solid as any kid on that team. And uh, Oh, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. But, yeah, that, um, that extra point kick and uh, letting the guy run past him. Yeah, like you said, I, I don't know what he was thinking about on that one, but, you know, it happens to the best of them. I'm yep. just glad it didn't come bison ass. And, of course, he was depressed about it after the game, so – <laughs> he really affected by it. So. Well, I, I think a lot of those kids, I talked about Ro- Rozier earlier. I, I think a lot of those kids would just, 
were a little tired last week. You know, you're coming off those two games at night, uh, big games, big wins, uh, you know, and people forget these are college kids that they still have to go to class and do all those things. And, and their schedule, yeah. their day-to-day schedules are seven days a week. And, you know, it's late in the season. And I, and I just, I thought I saw a little fatigue last week, but they showed their class we, the way they finished the game. Yeah. Well, like you said, I mean, they, they're starting, you know, he's getting up most, well, all of them are getting up five thirty in the morning. It's been a grind. You know, we hadn't had a bye week. I mean, it's it's going to wear on anyone. Like you said, it showed they they grit that um, that they were able to come back and fight back through it and get the win. So, yeah, and I think you said like earlier today, they're out of school all week. You know, of course, I'm talking to my son, and he's just straight resting. <laughs> I called him earlier well, today. He was at home. To Mark Rick asked yeah, them yeah. To, to please, you know, devote this week. Get your rest. The campus is gone. Um, mm-hmm. eat, eat right, get your bodies right, rest, get your, get, get your sleep. Yep. They move practice up two hours. I don't know if you knew that or not. Yep. They, they, yeah. they usually oh, yeah. practice early and they, they move practice up two hours so the kids could sleep in and they're doing everything that they can do to, to kind of get them back right physically and, and mentally. And, um, tomorrow they're going to practice out of pads. They practice, they had a, they had a hard practice today in pads, mm-hmm. uh, really pushed yep. the kids hard today. They, they pushed them really hard, but now they're going to taper off tomorrow. They're going to, they're not going to put on pads. And then of course, Thursday, they're going to travel and go play the game Friday. So, uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, and, Mark Rick's doing everything he one, can to try to get, get them freshened up. And one thing he did do also is he, he went to those leaders. He went to the seniors and, you know, asked them to reiterate with the, with the underclassmen, get some mm-hmm. rest, don't hang out. Don't try to run the streets because we moved practice up and we did this. And, you know, so every day they're, they're in those young kids' ear. And, and mm-hmm. of course, you got to lead by example, which is, you know, what, what he's doing, uh, is taking control of his group, Chad Thomas him. So it's good to have, and this is another point, it's good when you're senior heavy because now you have these seniors reaching out to these underclassmen. Hey, in every skill position, every position, Hey, let's do this. Let's go that. Got to go home. Got to go to the barracks. Got to, you know, the dorms. Get your rest. Get your rest. So that's why your team is always better when you have a bunch of seniors, especially ones playing, because the underclassmen will listen to them. So it's, it's been great, man. Like I said, he was sleeping two times when I called him today. So and then they're tired. So um, it's a good, it's a great thing. Um, very glad that. You know he's going to be a part of this team, this 14 class, and this team that helps propel Miami back to greatness. So you know can't speak enough about that. So uh, tell us about Senior Day. Tell us about the experience of being out there. How it felt as a parent to see your son playing his last game at home. Oh man, it, it was great. Um, even from being back in the the. Um, interview room they took us underneath the stadium we got to see all that and it was a time for all the parents because we remember um going on the official going to the Senesta. so we started catching up as parents um as you saw a bunch of hugs from everybody um it's been an amazing four years or yeah you know so it was great i loved going through the smoke of course his mom loved him bringing out flowers to him at first (laughs) i was a little leery 
I'm like, why are they letting these guys run out with flyers? But they were bringing them to their mothers. So <laughs> he, he he enjoyed it. She enjoyed it. His little sister was out there. Uh, family, entire family enjoyed it. We had a good time in the stands. Of course, they put us in the family section. So we cheer for each other's kids. You know, so we, we had a great time. And uh, did you get a chance to spend some time after the game with a bunch of the kids like you usually do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it's just funny because, you know, things go in waves. So, you know, I'm older. Back in the day, we had house parties and socials and this, that, and the other. So after the game, I mean, for the most part, these kids are not hitting no clubs. They're not running the streets. Uh, They usually just congregate over someone's house. So Mm -hmm. he had about seven or eight kids at his house. Came by, picked up his little brother and sister, took them over to his house, and they just had a. I mean, they just playing video games because my little fourteen-year-old played. You know, he beat the brakes off a lot of people in video games, so they can't wait to get him back in town so they can get a rematch. But it was it was <laughs> just good, man. So, so you, you going to Pittsburgh? Yes, I'm leaving at five thirty in the morning. <laughs> so we will be on up fr- there. We're gonna make a holiday. Friday. You flying up Friday? No, no I'm leaving in the morning. No, I'm leaving. Oh, tomorrow, tomorrow morning. morning. I got you. Oh, I got you. Okay. Yeah, and, this, and the wife went down to get his uh, little sister from college, and they're flying in Thursday morning. So we're gonna make a little vacation out of it. All right, great. We will so be we'll there. see you up there. And uh, yep, looking definitely. looking forward to it. And uh, hopefully they get uh, the undefeated season done here on on Friday. Oh yeah, definitely, man. Thank you, and I appreciate everything you've done for them for the last four years, and I appreciate the fans. I mean, the fans make a big difference. So, thank you. Well, he's he's a great kid. He's always just a pleasure to deal with, and uh, I see where he's gotten it from, and we thank you for calling in every week. All right, yeah. I'll talk to you later. See you up in pit. Yep. You got it. Bye-bye. Later. All right. It's Chris Herndon's dad. Great guy. All right, let's go to the 973. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, Gary, Gary. (laughs) <laughs> You're doing it again, Gary, but I like it. You're consistent. I don't know, I come I don't on, know if that's good. I, come or, on. I don't know if that's good or bad when you when you start the I, call with, with three Garys. <laughs> but I'm always going to do that. And the fact that you're putting me on right after uh, Mr. Herman is you're being consistent that I think it's a superstition thing, Gary. I don't think you're telling everybody the truth, but I think I think you mean <laughs> to do it. <laughs> no, I swear. It's, I, I I know you've said that a couple of weeks now. It's total coincidence. I just I just fine. I go down the queue and the order of the calls come in. Hey, listen, I'm loving it because we're winning, right? So yep. If if it's working, let it let let, let, it, let it be, man. Hey, um, ah, Gary, listen, um, happy happy Thanksgiving when it comes. Enjoy the family. Enjoy yourself. Um, watch as much games as you can, and of course, watch the most important game, which would be the next day. Um, we're one of those teams that right now we're being coached to um to be ready for anything. Um, you guys, you was on the phone earlier with um the caller. I think he was a coach. He said um he was impressed with us how many guys just touching the ball in the wide receiver position and all. It's a, it's it's a, it's a tribute to the coaches, getting the guys, putting the guys in the right position, coaching them up, and um, you know, having them going out there and perform. So um, we'll be ready for Pittsburgh because they're going to coach them to that. The stuff that you was just talking about with Mr. Herman saying that they're getting their rest, they're pushing up practice, 
We got a coaching staff. We got we got leaders. And it won't be for, you know, I don't think we're going to slip up Friday, but it won't be for not being prepared. We'll be prepared. Um, That being said, uh, the fact that if you're looking from a distance, and I know we're dealing with 18-year-olds and all that type of stuff, I hear you. But if you're looking from a distance and you're seeing how this team is being run and what's going to be going through with the winning streak and being prepared and playing and just fighting and, and, and coming up with a victory, if you're a Joe or anybody that's responsible for his um, recruitment and helping them, how in the heck can you be playing these silly games? You said this two years ago or last year about the kid, um, Bruce. I hate to bring him up, but I have to because I'm trying to make a point. You said um, you was concerned by how he was acting, and usually it don't turn out okay. And his performance before he signed or even committed and got on campus continued to spiral down and doing nonsense stuff once he got on campus. And I'm not calling Job a troublemaker or anything, but your performance right now, my man, is telling us that we should be very rare of B once you get on campus. Yeah, I don't. And like right it. now, that's not that's it's not the culture that we are having on campus that he's doing. You know, I think the fact that he's um is he I, I should know better than this, but I'm gonna ask you anyway. Is he our highest rated recruit in uh, on the entire no. list? No, 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 no. No, but, but he, you know, you'd have to look, you'd have to see the kid. He looks like Sean Taylor. He's, he's, you no, know, he's no, got, I, no. you know, he's, 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 he's got the look now, whether he turns out to be a great college player remains to be seen, but you know, he passes the look test. He's exactly what you want. If you're recruiting a, you know, DPs. Yeah, no, exactly. But what, what I, he looks like, he looks, he's put together. And and, yeah. and it kind of it kind of it kind of goes into another question I have. And again, forgive me, anybody that's listening, if you're related to the kid or whatever. I'm not. I just want to know, Gary. You should, if you know this, help me out. Help us out. Now he's nine. He was 19. He wasn't going to be able to play this year in Florida. Mm-hmm. But but did he did he become 19 in Florida because he stayed back a year, or it just so happened how sure. his birthday turned out? I'm not sure. I, I may have heard what the deal was at some point, but I don't remember right now. I don't, I'm not sure on that. And, and the only reason why I'm asking is, is he a kid that will have great problems? Now, I know we recruiting the kids, so it can't be too much of a great problems, but still, it's just like, it's funny because look what we did for Mullins. Look all the stuff that we did to try to keep him and, and bring him in. And, 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 and it turned pay, out to be a waste of time. Yeah, and this is the this is where he repays mm-hmm. us by, 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 yeah. by you know, in a sense, I hate to say it like this, but biting the hands that feed you. Those those kids. are the kind of kids that that burn coaches a lot, you know. Yeah, and and that's one of the reasons why they probably got rid of him so quick because they're like, we put all, we took all those questions, we did all those preparing, we sent coaches out to your school to tell you what you need to do exactly on your on your online test or whatever you need to do. We put all that time and resources in. And and, and and this is how you repay us. So yeah, there wasn't there wasn't going to be a lot of patience on that one. Absolutely not. And, and he was even given trouble last year in a sense. Whatever you want to cause trouble is whatever you want to call trouble. Trouble meaning that not being prepared, being overweight, and still not coming in being prepared. Enough is enough. I don't want to be mm-hmm. the dead horse on that. But what I'm just just wanted, you know, Job. I'm I'm to, to be. I'm concerned when you are, you're all the way in Connecticut. You sound like you're just having an okay season. You're supposed to be a big time recruit, 
and you're not carrying yourself. You carry yourself. You know, you carrying yourself like when the light. He wants. He wants the. He wants the bulbs. He wants the flash bulbs. He wants. He wants the the bells and whistles on that day. I think he wants to be part of an announcement date. Well, man, you no, he says he's now. not even signing in December. He's going to make everybody go through this till February. No, I'm talking about. I'm talking about in February. I think he wants. To, he wants to be part of that day. He wants. To, he wants all the um, the attention yeah, to be it, on him. Except for one for thing, that day. that day is not the day anymore. It's a new. It's a new day. There's the the day is now December, <laughs> because yeah. you know the kids that are committed and are serious are going to sign uh, December the twentieth. The ones yeah, that are playing just, games. Or, or, or like there, there'll be some that legitimately don't know yet where they want to go, and that's fine and good. But the kids that are committed that don't sign December twentieth are playing games. Yeah, and the thing is that, that bothers me is that you you have a lot of guys who I guess they say so called look up to him in the class, and he's he's again just not setting a good example. You know, I keep hearing that these guys are young guys, they're eighteen, they're nineteen. It doesn't matter. You know, I don't, I don't give him a break for that. I don't because you, you know enough to do one interview with you guys, and then turn around to another interview with another group of guys and and give him two interviews. Well, we just talked to him on Sunday. We just talked to him on Sunday. That's, He's not the easiest guy to get a hold of. We we got a hold of him. We spoke to him on Sunday, and he told us he was visiting Miami on December the fifteenth. Now he did an interview tonight with another writer. And he told him he's going to Alabama on December fifteenth. Well, he can't now, be going both places. How does that sound? But doesn't that sound like somebody we know, or situations that we know, a couple with a couple of kids? And how did that turn out with the kid Bryant, like you guys brought up here before? Okay, with the, with the kids that you know, what was you know, all the little stuff that we had. Look, I tell you what, something that always bothered me, and I kind of bring it up every now and then. And this is a kid that just it just disturbed me what happened with the kid when he went to Florida with the kid. Remember the kid Brandon Powell? Gary, to this uh, day, yep. to this day, that irks me how that turned out. Yeah, I mean, and he's had an okay me. career there. He he's done okay at Florida, but he hasn't. I'm just anymore. talking about as far as the kids and how that doesn't stop. How yeah. some of them want to be wine and dined, and they want to yeah, be treated special. He, here's what I'll tell you, Ross, from my experience: the kids that do this stuff, they don't. You know, everybody seems like a big deal at the time that recruiting's going on just because of the, it's recruiting. But the kids that do this stuff, to me, very rarely turn out to be great players. That's what I'm saying. Are they going to come in and they're going to work hard? Like, I know we criticize, and I, I'm, I'm guilty of it too. We At the beginning of this stuff, or maybe a little bit last year, we we're, a little, we're tough on our defensive backs. But honestly, if you wanna, really want to keep it real, there's a lot of guys, as obviously, that's ahead of him right now. And matter of fact, some of the guys that's going to come in we're going to get a few guys that's going to come in ahead of him, you know, because he's not an early guy. He's not an early enrollee. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I know you almost got to take him. You almost got to take him because he's that type of quality. But I'm I'm just concerned over that. And let me ask you this, and I know my, I might be going a little too far with it, but is there a guy that you could think of that we could, you know, if he doesn't come? Because, you know, the coach is going to treat it like this. If he don't come, they're going to move on, and we're going to go out to plug the situation. Is there a guy that you that's in JUCO ranks or or, or, no. or somebody else out there? If No, if, if there's another guy that is going to get a scholarship at the defensive back position right now, it looks like it's going to be Kedron Smith from Oxbridge. And that's a kid. You know what? I hope he, I hope he do come because – he, you know, right now we have him waiting. Now we have him waiting, and he's being patient. And those are the type of kids. I know he might not be as talented, 
But you know what? He'll catch up because take a kid like Braxton Barrios and all the other kids. They weren't as talented as some of the wide receivers that we was recruiting. But who is shining? Who is shining better now? So you know, I, I'm I'm just I'm just very turned off by that. And I think the kid Hall, if that if we're, if I'm hearing what you're saying, Papa, like he seems like he's trying to do the same thing. You I don't know, know that. We, we don't. We don't know that. That's that's not. That's what, that's what, I, I, I want to be careful with that. But when he, the last he's a kid he that has a lot of options, and and like I said earlier in the show, all these kids are going to have these other schools. Recruiting's getting ready to go and get insane here for the next few weeks, and um, Miami's going to be getting ready to go play Clemson, and the coaches aren't going to probably be able to go out on the road next week because they're going to be preoccupied with getting ready for Clemson as they should be. But it's mm-hmm. going to get insane. And coaches are going to start recruiting, and coaches are going to start, um, you know, trying pounding on these, some of our kids. trying to, yeah. Not, yep. And and it, you know, I I think the way Miami's going about it is great. I mean, I'm telling you, this is a pro, well, me, this is a this is a pro operation, Ross. They they've got all exactly. these kids lined up for December the fifteenth, which is five days before um, they can sign. Okay, because they all can sign on the twentieth if they want to, and they set up that that visit weekend, and they, you know they're gonna it's gonna be tough. I mean, Mark Rick's gonna have to try to make home visits to all these kids over about a ten day period after the Clemson game. They'll go right on the, after the Clemson game. They'll go right on the road recruiting, and um, the head coach can make one home visit. So he's gonna have to try to visit all these kids, um, you know, over about a week and a half period of time. And then but, they're gonna have them all. Well, you know then they're gonna have them all in for that week. You know what the beauty of it is. You know the beauty of it, Gary. He'll be doing either twelve and one or thirteen and zero. And and yeah, and, well, hopefully. And hit, well, let's get past hit. Pittsburgh first. Don't take that for granted. Well, 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 oh, you're right. But hey, if all goes well, he'll be doing it either twelve or one or thirteen and zero. And what I'm saying mm-hmm. is this: when is it? Explain this to me and explain to the fans. When's the last time you've seen a team? If would this happen? Gary, be honest now. Would this happen to a Florida and a Florida State where they're undefeated, having a hell of a year, and we're talking about recruits that's on the list, that some of them that's committed, or some guys that would they be having these concerns that we're having as a as an undefeated Miami big time? It's rec- it's recruiting. But I'm saying, would they be having these problems? So what I'm saying is that some of these kids don't need to be doing this to this program. Like a kid, Joe, I almost feel like Gary, he's almost like he has this hostage. And how are you going to have a not a, a undefeated team well, right now? Hostage? Here's really my guess, think. Ross. My guess is he's not doing it to the coaches directly. You know, if he's out here playing games, he, he might be he. You know, he might be telling Alabama one thing and Miami one thing. You know, I don't I don't know, but. You know, I don't think he's jerking the coaches around to their faces. Okay. To, to, well, where, if, to if, where they feel, to where they feel like he's jerking them around. You get what oh, I'm okay, saying? So, so we'll understand. see. I, mean, I think we'll see. I mean, he's playing and, games. There's no question because you know people don't make all these things up. You know. At so, the beginning we'll, of the show, you said you want to apologize to us for making us feel so good about what's going on with the um the coaching situation over there at Florida State and everybody else, well, listen, no need to apologize. I'm loving it because here's the thing. I think it was your second call or your third call. I didn't he apologize. Got on the phone. No, no, you were saying you were apologizing, making us feel like really – you said I'm sorry because you were feeling all great and, and, and happy. Whatever you said. I mean, but here's the thing. 
you got a call about the third call or the third or fourth quarter, and he was he started giving our coaches away. <laughs> this dude, the coach, is he a is he a coach in South Florida, um, Gary? I don't know, but I, I I don't know, but I don't see why any of these coaches would leave. They 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 have such a good thing going right now together. I mean, I don't. I don't see why any of them would leave. I can't imagine. Yeah, he that, got Ron yeah. Dugan going to North Carolina. Texas A&M. Yeah, that's absurd. A, that's, he's, that's ridiculous. That yeah. guy's not going nowhere over there. After he, all the athletes no. and all, you know, the big-time wide receiver he could get in Miami, in the no. South. Now, Come he might on, go for a million dollars, but I don't think they're offering Ron Dugan a million dollars to go to Texas A&M either. So. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I, felt almost like, I felt almost like this guy was just throwing things out there after a while. I mean, he started, started out good. He's, he's making a, a lot he's of He's a pretty sense. educated caller now. I mean, no, he, he is. I'm if, saying, no, no, no. if you I'm listen to him, he doing, knows what he's talking about. But the, He know. absolutely do, but then at the end, he started giving our coaches away, and I don't appreciate that. <laughs> we, yeah. we, you, you can't be having guys going here again. We're losing this. And, and, you know, that's and I could be end up being wrong on this, Ross, but I don't think Manny Diaz is going anywhere either. All right, let you me look, let some other people get yeah, on. But one, last, one last thing, but where is he going when he just invented – he just got a, a, a turn of a chain, and he's on top of the world. He He's on top of the world, and he makes years. a lot of money. Yeah, it, it's like, a, yeah, if Central Florida calls him, wants him to be head coach, would he probably have to listen? Of course. But I'm yeah. not – And that, I don't, I'm and not that will so make sure him – And that will, force force him, that will force Miami to give him a couple more bucks, and, and okay, fine. You get a little raise after, you know, that's how it works. I mean, your, your agent did a good job of getting some interviews set up, and, and, and then we got to shell out a little bit more dough, and that's how it works. I mean, you're a big-time guy now. But all that yep. you going and actually getting away and all that—that's just, that's just, that's just nonsense. All right, Gary, look, man, we're gonna um, we're gonna go ahead and um, do what we do again, Friday. Play hard, win, win the game, and we'll be talking to you next week, man. Also, you got it, Ross. one more last thing. One more, one more last thing about the defensive line and one of these guys. Remember, I was the guy that brought it up, and I said we absolutely cannot lose. We lose two of those guys. We still got a big time game. We got to play opening up next year, so we we need one of them to stay. Well, you got a lot more than that next year. I agree. You need at least one of them to stay. Ideally, both, but we'll see. We, I don't know where they're projected, so we'll see. Yeah. All right, Ross. Right, thanks for being part of the show. Yep. Bye-bye. All right. All right. Let me attack a couple more of these questions, um, and then we'll uh, get back to your calls and 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 take us home. Uh, what seems to be the problem with Miami attracting defensive tackles in recruiting? Uh, Canes have the best D-line coach in the game. DT history up against anybody in the country. Just doesn't make sense why it's so hard to recruit defensive tackles. Well, here's why. Defensive tackle is the toughest position for Miami to recruit along with the offensive line because even though South Florida is the country's best recruiting area, it spits out wide receivers, running backs, and defensive backs like crazy, even defensive ends. The area does not produce a large number of interior linemen. I'm not quite sure why. It just doesn't. The Navon Donaldsons of the world are a rarity. And that's why it's so tough for Miami to recruit that position, because they have to go outside the state of Miami usually to find those guys. And the further north you go, the stiffer the competition gets. You're bumping heads with SEC schools, Florida State, Florida. It's just it's a very competitive uh, deal with a very small number of guys. I mean, let's face it. I mean, 
really high end defensive tackles are not easy to come by. So, um, you know, everybody wants the best defensive tackles in the country. So if you have to go outside of South Florida to get them and, and compete with everybody else, it becomes a real tough position to conquer. And that's, that's why Miami seems to struggle there um, occasionally. Uh, obviously finds uh, the R.J. McIntosh locally, but that's a rarity, and, and that's the reason. And uh, lots of times you end up seeing them having to take defensive ends and make them tackles. They did it with Pat Bethel, who's now working a tackle. I wouldn't be surprised to see them do it with D.J. Johnson. Um, I think R.J. McIntosh spent a lot of his time in high school defensive end. So lots of times solving that problem could be uh, taking a defensive end and, and, and growing him into a tackle. And sometimes they grow themselves and, uh, because they're going to eat and they're going to lift weights and they're going to gain weight and get bigger. What happened to Daryl Langham uh, the last few weeks? It seemed, you know, uh, really nothing's happened to Daryl Langham. He's playing the same he was playing before he became a hero against Florida State and Georgia Tech. He's just stuck behind better players and, and, you know, only so many guys can play at a given time. And I, I think Amon Richards' return and uh, Cager's reemergence have cut into Langham's reps, well, or you know, or, or or limited them, which is what was taking place. Like I said before, he made those big plays. So, uh, and I don't think it's it's not unfair. I mean, there, there's just other guys that are better players than Daryl Langham and, and he's being treated fairly. He's been given an opportunity to be a big part of this team. He's made big plays. He's had a hundred yard game. Um, Daryl Langham, I don't think has a lot of beef. So I think things have gone pretty well for him this year. And uh, hopefully he's a happy camper and not going in the other direction because uh, he should be celebrating a success for the fact that he did take a step forward this year. And he has very strongly impacted this season. Will the punting be nail-biting for the rest of the year? Yeah, probably will be. Uh, you know, Zach Fiegels is a freshman. His mechanics clearly break down at times. But he, he's a kid with a strong leg, and, and I don't think he's hopeless by any means going into the future. He'll put in a good offseason. I'm sure he'll find a, a punting coach to work with and straighten out his mechanics. And I think you'll see him come back for year two, a much better punter and much more consistent than he was this year. All right, let's go out now to the the 205. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? What's going on, Slaughter? How you doing this week? Oh, man, I'm good, man. Enjoying this good old undefeated season, you know, taking the game by game. We've got a couple of things, man. Um, want to touch a little bit, ask a few questions about some recruiting. Um, what's the deal? I seen you had post something about the um, the um, offensive tackle from um, Berkeley Prep in Tampa. Is he a um, you know? Is he really you know taking a hard look at Miami, or is it just you know one of those? No, he deals? is. I mean, we don't know what he's going to do, but uh, he is. Um, it looks to us, and there might be another few guys that emerge here in December and January. But right now, it looks to us uh, they've got three commitments on the O line. John Campbell, Cleveland Reed, and Delone Scaife, and, and they look solid, ready to go. Uh, we think they'll take maybe one more. There's, they're, they're looking real hard at a kid from Valdosta, Georgia, by the name of Jalen Goss. Uh, that's someone to keep an eye on. 
And the mm-hmm. other one is the Petit Frey kid from Tampa Berkeley Prep. So uh, right now, if there's other guys, we we don't know about them at this point. But uh, that's mm-hmm. that's how it's looking right now to us on the offensive line. Okay, I think he, you know, I think if he can get we get him on campus. I think we can change his mind a little bit, especially that you know I, I thought that you know Florida was the favorite, but with that little turmoil going up there, I think we you know we can swoop in and you know scoop him up. Um, and I actually looked at the Jaron Williams kid um, film. The kid is pretty good. Um, Very you know, good. People keep talking about you know keep people keep talking about Perry. You know, just gonna get the position, and you know, what? with with Rosier coming back, the guy gonna have again this belt to learn the system as well. So it'll be an yep. even, you know, an it even, be an even it'll be a good competition, no doubt. That's <laughs> what you want. In the, in the, if you mark Rick, exactly. that's what you want. You want three, four, five good quarterbacks in that room. Exactly. And 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 you know you're running the risk that one of them might transfer at some point or whatever, but you just got to keep recruiting every year. Exactly. That's why. That's why we. That's why you recruit. So I. I mean, I'll take that any day. You know, hey, if he beating a cozy, that means you a damn good quarterback because the cozy pretty good itself. And you know, so I take that any day. Um, but um, kind of touch on, kind of go try to kind of um subject a little bit about the um in the, the the playoff, the playoff um you know committee. I'm glad they kind of gave us the respect this week for giving us the number two spot. I think I you know I, I kind of assume they would. Second, that we played the ACC foe. That's you know not sorry. That's pretty good. That's making a play, not making making a bowl game this year. So I think that holds some weight. But a lot of these people keep talking about yeah, drop us the number four so we can play with an edge. Sounds that is crazy. <laughs> There's no magic trick to get these guys focused. You know, these guys they got a a, a great staff that's going to keep them focused, laser focused, and getting them ready to play. Um, but I do think we will get in with one loss especially if it comes to Clemson in a close game because if you look at it, our resume is a lot tough, a lot stronger than Alabama's. Alabama has played absolutely no one this year. You know, they they best win is the Mississippi State. That ain't too much to hold your head on. You know what I'm saying, Gary? So yeah, I, I agree. That's, that's why that. I don't that's think it. it's a given that they that they make the playoff <laughs> if they lose to Auburn. Exactly. So if they, if they lose, you know, they you can't put them over – you can't put them over uh, some some of the other one last team. Not even us, you know. So but, we'll see. Um, can we can't control but what yeah. those guys do? We'll see. Yeah, because they they we made we we ruffled enough feathers last week by them putting Clemson ahead of them, so they had to right the ship to kind of you know because they took a lot of heat with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but well, a couple more things. A couple more things. Let me get off. Um, who is I, I've been trying to look at Pittsburgh. Who do you think on um, what player do you think would cause us the most trouble as far as offense and defense on on Pittsburgh team? Who we need to kind of look be, out I, for? I, I, you know, I don't know that there is a single player. I think you know you you gotta just go be just go beat the team. I don't think that that gotcha. you have to like game plan for any one guy or, or you know or anything like that. I think you just got to go up there and play a solid game. And know that they have a good they have good coaches and they're gonna they're gonna throw some wrinkles at you probably the way Virginia did, and uh-huh. try to make your life a little miserable, which is would not be surprising at all if the first half is a little you know a yeah. little, little tough like last week's was. But uh, you know you just got to go up there and stay the course and make the adjustments you need to make and and let the fact that you're a better team take you through. 
Okay, okay. Uh, one more. I think, I think my two touchdown my... favorite. That's probably about right. It's probably what they should be. Got you, got you. Um, any um, any injuries that we may need to be concerned about? Everybody looking good. Anybody, you know, anybody nicked up? I know they're probably tired. You know, from the yeah, I don't think so. And week. they shouldn't be tired either. I mean, they they've had a chance to rest up this week. Like I said, Mark Rick moved yeah. practice back. Uh, he gave them an extra two hours to sleep every morning. They don't have to go to class this week. So they should be rested up and ready to go. Yeah. And I, one thing I think um, a lot of people are not really giving this team credit for is, you know, we are going, you know, that, that winning streak, that winning streak that we own, that, that is very impressive. That is very, 15 very games. Impressive. Unbelievable. Yeah. 15 games with, you know, and you got to think we're going on what week 11 right now straight. Yeah, it's amazing. That is amazing. It's happened so fast, you almost didn't realize it, you know, because you didn't think back to last year that they won the last five games. But it's it's an amazing accomplishment for those kids. Yeah. Two more points, and I'm done, Gary. Get some more guys on. Um, one point. Um, the one thing I'm really excited, like right now, that we, we used to see in the, in the past, that a lot of these out-of-state schools have plucked some of the, the, the plucked a lot of the, the the top targets that Miami was going after. We're not seeing that right now. We're not seeing that. You know, you know of course you got the Job situation. That's you know that's that's that remains to be seen if he's going to come to Miami. But in the future, you know, some of the guys we wasn't even consideration for. Um, you know, and I just would just would just hate the fact that we didn't couldn't get this staff a year or two. Before, because that team, our team will be a lot different because Mark Rick really has this squad, you know, two, you know, two years ahead of schedule. You know, this is supposed to be year three. You know, this is supposed to be the this team right here is supposed to be the next year's team. You know, if you if you think about it, as far as you know, he got his players in, he got a system, and know the system, and you know, you see what I'm saying? You see where I'm coming from? But you just, um, it's just amazing how this coaching staff has this team playing together and the resilience that we're showing because I can remember a time where I can just watch a game when I'm saying, I'm not worried. I know we're going to come back and win this game. You know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not even nervous, you know, you know, and it just, I, my boy, Uki, he texted me, man. Oh man, we about to lose. I'm like, man, no, we're not. We good. We're going to second half. We're going to put, we're going to put the pedal to the metal, <laughs> you know, and then I hear Kyle you was right. You know what I'm saying? So, it's just, it's just, it's just a great feeling, man. <laughs> My boy, no, they, fast, they, they man. showed their class, like I said earlier. <laughs> yeah, man. But like I said, man, I just, like I said, I'm just excited about the season. You know, I've been at the ACC championship game, so I'm, I'm, you know, we're gonna take, gotta take care of Pitt first, and I'll be at that game, you know, and I'm, I'm ready to get that stadium rocking, and you know, so you know, but like I said, Gary, appreciate the show out, and like always, man, and I'll talk to you next week. And the week after that, when we're doing both selections, um, both selections Sunday. You got it, man. Hey, thank you for Keep being part hold, of the show. Baby. You got it. All right, five six three nine 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 three six three three five six three nine 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 three six three three. If you want to get on the show tonight, now's the time to hit number one on your keypad. We'll try to fit you in. Uh, let me. Uh, just attack this last question that I haven't gotten to yet. Could the mediocre play in the first half potentially springboard a better start to the pit game because the team sees that they're going to get everyone's best shot? Uh, yeah, I would think so. Um, I think sometimes it just doesn't matter how much coaches stress certain points. Like you can't have a letdown. You got to get yourself ready to play. 
the reality is that it's going to happen sometimes. Uh, even in the best of seasons, you're going to have three, four, five games that could go either way. That you know, maybe you're just not playing your best. Uh, things just bounce. The ball bounces in the other direction and stuff. And you're going to have three, four, five of those games. And the teams that are still standing at the end, they're usually the ones that find a way to win. And if you look back to last season. Miami lost all the close games this year. They've won all the close games. And, um, but I think that the, the players are more alert to that this week. I think they're, you know, the, the rest is, should be doing them good. And the bottom line is going to be how well Pittsburgh plays. Uh, Virginia created all those problems last week with a good game plan and high quality play. Well, Pitt beat Virginia 31 to 14 at home in what probably was its best conference performance of the season. So that would seem to suggest that they can give Miami a tough time on Friday, especially if the Hurricanes don't show up ready to play. So uh, hopefully uh, they're taking that to, uh, seriously and it's in their minds and they get themselves geared up and ready to play a good game on Friday and get these because, you know, look, there's something special about an undefeated season. And I know at the end of the day, it's kind of in one sense, it's a meaningless game you're already in the ACC championship game and that's a little bit of a trap by itself, but there's, there's like how often in anything do you get to go undefeated? And uh, this is a real unique opportunity for these kids on Friday to just put a, a, the final stamp on their season the right way. They've earned it. Uh, they've put in the time and um, it's, it, hopefully they go up to Pittsburgh and play a really good game. It would be a shame if it went any other direction. All right, looks like uh, final call of the night. Let's go out to the 678. You're live on Kane Sport Live. That's you. You with us? 678, going once, going twice. All right, you'll have to call in next week. All right, guys, I, I guess that's going to do it for tonight. Uh, I want to thank everybody that called in. Uh, we had a lot to talk about, a lot of exciting times for the Canes fan out there. I hope everybody's gotten their turnover chain merchandise. I've been reading about the fortune that all the people selling that stuff are are making. Um, Anyway, I want to thank the startup.com, which has been a sponsor of Canes Sport Live the whole season. That's the company created by Canes fans, where you have to be a Canes fan to work, and they're trying to make life better for all you small business owners and entrepreneurs out there. who can use a little guidance and grow in your businesses. And, uh, you know, so check out the startup.com and, uh, also want to thank Harry's razors. They got the holiday, uh, limited edition gift sets to offer you. You go to harrys.com forward slash cane sport. They're going to give you free shipping. Uh, they're going to give you a discount off of all your gift sets, uh, that you choose to buy five. They'll give you $5 off your order plus the free shipping. So uh, check out harrys.com slash canesport for those holiday uh, gift sets. And uh, like I said, whether you get them for yourself or get them for somebody else, I think they'll be real happy. They make a real high-quality product at Harry's. Uh, So the Canes are off to Pittsburgh. We'll be back next Tuesday night to talk about it and start getting ready for the Clemson game. So until then, I want to thank everybody for being part of the show, and uh, we'll see you next Tuesday night.